This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Flagship Podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I have to break it to you. I, I normally record this show pantsless. And Rich Crage. My God, just, it's like, just play along with it. It's wrestling, man. Just let yourself go for a minute. And we are live on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? Not too bad. The sound of uh, Billy Corgan playing. Uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot of Billy Corgan <laughs> over the last few days. Uh, I've had enough Billy Corgan, I think, for the last few days. So I, I, I am, I'm Billy. Cor- I'm William Patrick Corbin out uh, personally. Well, but <laughs> I, that's too bad because we do have 31 matches to break down. <laughs> Six hours, <laughs> seven. I think it was seven. What was the total count? I think the the night two video file was three hours and 21 minutes, and I want to say night one was somewhere in that same range, maybe 3:30. So uh, up to over six and a half, maybe right under seven hours worth of uh, William Patrick Corbin's National Wrestling Alliance that we have to talk about. No, they were well over... Both shows were well over three hours without the pre-show. So... (laughs) The pre-show. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch the pre-shows either. I had enough. Trust uh, me. I know know what the bit is. Oh, Richie, I'm not watching, though. I watched more than enough uh, National Wrestling Alliance over the last uh, few days. So, yeah. Listen, I was there 7 o'clock sharp both nights (laughs) doing my due diligence, but... Uh, yeah, it was a lot to ask to get me to show up at six on YouTube to uh, oh, to watch the pre-shows on top of everything else. But um, we have an interesting show here because yes. we're 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 going live on Wednesday this week. Uh, tomorrow is TLB's birthday, which was the reason for that. So uh, Rich was gracious enough to uh, move it a day. It'll be Wednesday next week as well. Because uh, next Thursday is Rams Bills, of course. So uh, no chance in hell I was doing a show. Uh, <laughs> You're kidding night. me? But, All right, well, that's fine. That's um, fine. Whatever. But uh, but Dynamite is on right now, and we still don't know as we do this show live what the All Out main event we is. I I presume we will know what the All Out main event is by the time we get to that portion of the uh, of the All Out preview. So um, also, Rich. What what's interesting here is um, the Serena Williams match is on, and on Monday, of course, and for people who don't know, she's playing her final ever tennis tournament, U.S. Open. So is and, this it, is this it tennis wise, or is this just the last U.S. Open, or is this it? It no, this is her last tennis tournament. Okay, okay, I because th- I, I saw a lot of people say, "Oh, this is her last U.S. Open," and I was like, ah, "I mean, that's that's a big deal, obviously, but this is it. This is we're done." No, she's done. Okay, so. On Monday, her first round match drew 2.7 million viewers and a packed house of 25,000 at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So uh, her second round match is happening as we speak. It's another 25,000 plus in the building. And this is going head to head with Dynamite. So Ross still pulled a very good, uh, an excellent rating actually on, on Monday head to head with Serena. But historically, cultural events have affected 
AEW programming more than they have affected WWE programming. That's something that we talk about a lot. And this would qualify as a cultural event. Um, 2.7 million viewers Monday. I'm sure there's going to be more tonight for the second round match. So it's going to be interesting to see how much this affects the dynamite number, if at all. I mean, this is like the unknown, but just based on past cultural events, really taking a chunk out of dynamite, I think it's going to. And as I speak right now, it is uh, a quarter to eight. We're not quite an hour into the, uh, the dynamite show. And the Serena match is in the middle of the second set. And she won the first set. She's down two breaks in the second set. So it looks like we're going to three sets. This thing can go almost the full length of Dynamite. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> it looks like it might be, yeah, unless something dramatically changes, it, it might it might be uh, pretty quickly. And, and what might happen, too, is you might get people that as, as the night goes on and they find out that Serena's having a barn burner here, this might be it, this might be your last chance, like, might start tuning in and, 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 and switching over to that, that, that match. And myself, yeah. included, I'm watching Dynamite here, but I'm, <laughs> I do have a remote that I think I might, uh, might uh, ESPN? What, what are we talking about, Joe, ESPN for this? Uh, yeah, it's ESPN. Uh, okay. right. Now, she's going to lose this second set. She's down two breaks, so don't waste your time now. But, you know, I'll let you know when the third set starts. Please do. But, yeah, um, please do. But, you know, th- this was Tony Khan's worst nightmare. Number one, Serena winning on Monday. That was bad news first part of the bad news second part is this was not a neat and tidy 49 minute 616 love victory for somebody here this is going three sets and this might take up you know uh, this is without question going into the deep into the second hour of dynamite so this is really worst case scenario so we'll have to see tomorrow um because this is going to be a ratings monster uh, either way, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I suspect this will hurt the dynamite number just because this isn't just, you know, a, a run of the mill U.S. Open tennis match. This is a cultural event. This could be the last time that Serena Williams ever plays tennis professionally so people are into this yeah 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 for a whole generation i mean she is women's tennis you know more than anybody else it, it it's you know for people i mean really i'm the i grew up a few years and i, and I don't watch it as much I, I know you watch a little bit more than me and there's definitely listeners that probably watch it more more but you know i was in the tail 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 end of the Steffi Graf eras, the telltale end of like, you know, that whole kind of 80s, 90s generation. I was the real, I mean, I kind of grew up, I am kind of that generation that the only thing we know in terms of like tennis dominance is, is, you know, Serena, really. I mean, that, that, that's it. So yeah, for a lot of people, and she's broken through in a lot of other ways as well. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't real big fans of tennis that know her from various things, you know, know her from, you know, doing different, you know, she's fashion and, 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 and media and all that sort of stuff. So she has a ton of other cultural things beyond simply just, she's a really, really good tennis player. I mean, let's be honest. She's one of the biggest sports stars of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. That's not overstating it. I mean, and, and clearly easily one of the biggest women. Yeah. Well, easily one of the biggest women, uh, if not the biggest female. Yeah. I mean, a real, real argument for sure. You know, in terms of this generation, I mean, there's Serena Williams, there's there's Tiger Woods, there's LeBron, there's uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, that's the air she's in. Yeah. That's the rare air that she's in. That, that she's that level of superstar. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is a huge cultural event just to show you, you know, how big this is for ESPN and for tennis. You know, win or lose tonight, uh, 
and she's now down 5-1 in the second set. Um, win or lose tonight, tomorrow night, prime time, Arthur Ashe Stadium, 7 p.m. Eastern, it's Serena and Venus playing doubles. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. So they are just – ESPN is going to give you – they are going to milk <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. They are going to milk every last ounce out of Serena Williams because, uh, you know, even a doubles match – and nobody cares about doubles tennis – but even Serena in a doubles match is going to outdraw whatever else they could put in that, you know, um, the opening match of the night session of Arthur Ashe, which is where you want to be, uh, which is where they're going to put their, you know, that's where they're going to book their top draw every night of the tournament. The opening night, the opening session of the night, the opening match of the night session of, of the Arthur Ashe. So, um, and she's going to be in that as long as she's alive in both the singles and the doubles. So, um, yeah, so we'll see how that affects the dynamite rating. I I, I feel like it's going to take a chunk because also that eighteen to forty nine. I mean, that's that that generation that's that we're the talking Serena about. Wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah right, that right. generation is going to you know people who don't normally watch tennis. I think are going to be locked into this uh, to see this cultural icon potentially play her last match. And from the U.S. Open's perspective and from ESPN's perspective, I mean. You know, the deeper she goes, the better it is for everybody. Because if she were to ever make like that Jimmy Connors 1991 kind of run, where he went all the way to, he was at 38 years old, he went to the semifinals of the U.S. Open in 91. Just utterly ridiculous. Um, if she were to ever make a run like that, I mean, you know, the numbers that some of those quarterfinal and semifinal matches will put up will be, you know, some of the biggest tennis ratings you'll ever see. So uh, we'll see. She's running out of gas here. Um, I don't really like her chances in this third set, but you know maybe maybe I just mushed the two seed Contavet the Estonian here by saying that. <laughs> What's her name? But uh, uh, Contavet, Contavet. Okay, I can't pronounce. She's Estonian. She from oh, she's from Estonia. I thought her name was Estonia. I was like, wow, no, I that's... said the the Estonian. Oh, I see, uh, I see, Contavet. I see. Yeah, I thought you said. I thought that was all one name, and it was like Contavet the Estonia, and I was like, that's a cool name. So that's like a gimmick name, right? Yeah, the wrestling yeah I was like, like, I like it. That's a Chikara. The Estonian, <laughs> the Estonian Thunderfrog. Yeah, Chikara, yeah. Right? yeah, that that one's definitely uh, wrestling in Camp Leapfrog or whatever. So, uh. I mean, she's the two seed, but a lot of people think she's overseeded. Um, she hasn't played well lately. She's coming off of long COVID, so that's never good. No, in a, in a, not for a tennis. Yeah, yeah. You like your yeah. lungs. You like having strong lungs when you uh, lungs when you play tennis. So yeah, that's not that's not great. Yeah, but Serena's dragging ass out there. She's gassed. Um, her game at this point, she's forty years old. She's a hundred percent power. She doesn't move well. She doesn't have any stamina. So she's smashing a lot of balls right into the net because her game at this point is just hit the ball as hard as I can. Um, and she was dragging ass at the end of the first set. She did win the tie break to win the set. Otherwise we'd be packing this thing up, you know, in a couple minutes here. Um, but uh, she seems to be running out of gas. Uh, the other girl is younger, fitter. Uh, just to give perspective, this is the number two seed in this tournament. Uh, Serena's current ranking is four Oh seven. Oh, so uh, she's wow. won. Coming into this tournament, she had won one match all year. Um, this really is the end. <laughs> this is this is the end. You know, great career, maybe the greatest female tennis player of all time. I, I didn't realize it had gotten um, so uh, gotten so bad, but uh, well, 
And she's 40 years she old. She's 40, I mean, yeah. You know, I was going to say, she is 40, and my entire adult life, she's been great. So, like, I guess that's yeah. that's fair that at some point, you know, since, like, what, 1999, I want to say? 98, didn't she? No, she won, oh, man, like, 98, right? Isn't it when she... I'm trying to remember. I used to watch a lot more tennis when I was growing up. That was back in the day. I would watch every sport, man. I, I'd watch every single thing. But like yeah. you always say, like Bill Simmons says, as you get older, you kind of have to lop them off. And like I'm yep. basically base. I'm like half baseball and only basketball at this point. Uh, I, I can't really watch anything else. I'll I'll check in with some other now, stuff every sir. so often here and there. But uh, yeah, it, it's 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 very very loose. Yeah, yeah. That's that's because you're an adult. Yeah. And you just don't have time for the other shit. But she was like 98, uh, 99. I want to say when she. First got onto the scene, if I remember correctly, you, you'd probably know a little bit better. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, you know, she's been playing forever. She's uh, she's forty, so she probably you know uh, late teens is probably when, um, you know, she was she she broke through. So your your math adds up. She won her first uh, she won her first slam. She won the U.S. Open in '99. So you're dead on. There we go. Okay, yeah. That was her first Grand Slam. I win. seem to remember so, that. Like, I mean, that was a. I mean, man, 1999. That era. If you weren't alive. You, you know, like 98, 99 was like, there was such crazy, like great sports things and athletes and like, cause you had Michael Jordan retiring in 1999 and right around that same time, Tiger's emerging as like Tiger. You know what I mean? Where if you weren't alive for that, if you're, if you're like people know Tiger now and he just kind of like m- moseys on over and you know, he's kind of, everyone's like, Oh, Tiger, I don't know. This might be, yeah, it looks pretty good. And then, you know, the second day's kind of not quite there and he falls off or, you know, he's, he's like one over and going into the second day and people are like, I don't know. He could get on a run. And it's like, he's not, he's probably not going to get on a run guys like just like let it go but if you weren't alive for like the tiger thing when that was a thing i mean that 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 it's well it was sunday sunday tiger yeah it was nuts i mean that was an event like you had to be there like you know my parents never watched golf they fucking watched every every sunday at like 2 p.m or whatever they put it on and we'd just all sit there and watch and then yeah tiger would just do amazing things Every, seemingly every single week, every single month, and, and all these huge moments. And, yeah, you had that coming up around the, you know, 97, 98, 99, right around the same time Serena Williams is coming up yeah. and doing yeah. her stuff. So there was a lot of, like, young, like, oh, my God, these are, like, going to be the greatest athletes ever. And they all pretty much did it. You know what I mean? Like, they all kind of sustained. I mean, Tiger obviously had has had his issues over the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, but he was so far ahead of, of, of the pack. And, yeah, he didn't – he ultimately will not finish as, like – I don't think you can call him the greatest golfer ever just because he tailed off so much towards the end, but God damn, no, he's he didn't right get there. there. He, yeah, yeah, it looked like he was going to smash the record. Oh, by like 2003, you were like, well, I mean, he's going to waltz. He's going to moonwalk past, yep. you know, Nicholson and, and Palmer and all those guys. I mean, look where he was at. And he was like 27 years old and he was already like one of the most accomplished golfers ever. And then, yeah, this. Well, it was that Thanksgiving weekend, 2009, when. <laughs> His wife chased him with the golf club, and he backed yeah. the car into the mailbox. I mean, that was no, really, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I no, mean, that was it. That was the, the moment where it all kind of went down. You know, he won that Masters a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, he he, you know, he's obviously not going to catch uh, Nicholas now, but um, he's actually at this match. They showed him a million. Oh, nice, times that's awesome. There. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, that, that's not nice, because um, they they really did come into their own at the same time, and and, and became yeah, they really did. icons at the same time. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, the two of them. And if you want to throw Brady in there, too, because um, he won his first Super Bowl in, in that was Super Bowl 36, I 2000. I didn't want to remind you. That was, it was yeah, I didn't want to. I, I'm over my break. Look, we okay. Oh, you beat him. Out. You beat him. That's right. You beat him. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're good now. We we knocked him out last year in heartbreaking <laughs> fashion and then won the Super Bowl. Okay. So. I just, I, I, I'm always sensitive about talking about Brady around you. So, 
Ah, fuck him. Now, yeah. now we'll never be able. To... Won it, so. Yeah. Now, we'll... 2001 season, the game was 2002 in, in 2002. 2002. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now we'll never be able to get him in the Super Bowl. He got us twice in the Super Bowl. And we won't be able to get him in the Super Bowl, obviously, unless he does go to Miami next year. And, <laughs> um, you know, like he's possible to... with TB12, man. You never know. Yeah. But but I feel last year was a lot of good closure for that because we didn't just beat him. We ripped his heart out because they came back from that huge deficit and at home. <laughs> Joe, and then, you were on uh, suicide watch there for a little bit. It was I was on suicide watch. And then we were we were all everything. like earnestly. And if people think we're joking, like we because Joe really hates Tom Brady, <laughs> like it despises yeah. Tom Brady and was so happy when they were beating the hell out of him, and he was like, ah, yeah, go, get a, go fucking retire, you piece of crap, like all this. And then little by little, fucking TV 12 is just slowly and it coming was, back. And that's and, the thing. It wasn't even him. I know, I know, but everybody everybody says it. No matter what, it doesn't matter if he does yeah. it or not. It's like, Tom Brady, Brady magic. You know, it's the classic. It was this catastrophic series of events. <laughs> Snaps over the quarterback's head, fumbles, um, you know, and then they did tie the game, and then, you know, Stafford the cup with – 10 seconds left. I don't know how he got behind everybody, but, um, you know, and then we, we broke his heart. We ripped his heart out and stomped all over it. And then we won the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not as, I still hate the guy. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you're not, by as, the, the way, the thing is gone. The phobia is gone. Yeah. A little bit of it, a little bit of the, if it's gone, because I feel like we finally overcame him and then won a Super Bowl. So I'd like to get him in a Super Bowl, but that's highly unlikely at this point. It's one one by the way, and we're starting the third set. Okay, so. okay. Well, I will um, I, I will butt in to tell you that uh, Mr. Uh, Phil Brooks is in the uh, ring right now. I can't exactly hear what he's saying, obviously, because I'm doing this show, uh, and Ace Steel is in the ring talking to him as well. So we presumably will have some sort of clarity uh, on so the all chat room. He looks he looks very solemn, but yeah, this is the time where I think maybe the chat room you might be allowed to to spoil. You gotta help us out. Yeah, yeah. Help us out. Let us know what that main event is. Uh, for all out because I don't want to play uh, the audio around the air because that's weird and maybe copyright infringement um, so we're not going to do that so I'm trying to interpret Phil does not look happy I'll tell you that he looks very depressed and solemn and, and Ace is either uh, I don't know talk him off the ledge or I don't know I'm not going to interpret what's going on here uh, anymore but uh, yeah no dope chat room this is your time to shine you can finally spoil us on, on Dynamite you all you all always want to when we do the Wednesday uh, uh, flagships now this is your time so uh, yeah you can do fucking it, so. Sean Cedor no, no not even respect. here. Not even here. This time he knew he couldn't resist, but now we need him. Yeah, right. This would have been. Yeah, this would have been exactly. This would have been his time to to spoil everything. But uh, we're accepting spoilers in the chat, and um, because we need to be able to properly preview this uh, this all out show. So uh, that's what's going on with Serena and the potential implications on the uh, dynamite rating tomorrow. We'll see how that shakes out, and then this weekend. A packed wrestling weekend. In addition to All Out, we have the uh, NXT 2.0 Worlds Collide, where they will be uh, unifying all the NXT UK and NXT championships. So we'll preview that show. Of course, there's uh, what's it called? Uh, Mutiny at the Castle or whatever Clash the fuck. What's at the- <laughs> Mutiny at the Castle is a different uh, event, but uh, Clash at the Castle is this one. Clash at the Castle. Uh, for those who don't know, that's going to be on September 1st. Um, at 1 p.m., so I think, is that is that fucking thing tomorrow? Are we previewing a show that will uh, have be airing? Yes, I guess we are. Is that really yes. September 3rd? September 3rd. I don't know why I have September 1st. September 3rd. This weekend. At 1 p.m. This weekend. I'm thinking, why are they running this on a Thursday? Yeah, that was my no, fault. On Saturday. On Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern for Clash of the Castle live on the yeah. so Peacock. Three, live event. So three huge um, 
pro wrestling events this weekend. Uh, then we'll, of course, as we talked about the top review, the NWA 74th anniversary shows, which I think are still happening. I'm not <laughs> sure those just, are over yet. Uh, uh, no, Black G's just came out, so I think we're, we're, we're at the main event, so we have a few minutes. But uh, We're on Scion match number six. <laughs> we're cutting another promo. Matt Cardona is in the ring cutting a promo. I cannot wait to see uh, what he's got to say about this. So, yeah, we uh, once we get through this promo and the next four matches, uh, the show will be over, and we can finally preview or review uh, 74th as well. So. We'll briefly discuss some of the indie shows happening in Chicago all out weekend. And then uh, we haven't talked any all Japan railroad at all. And that tournament is now over and we haven't talked any Noah N one yet either. And that's in progress. And actually the finals are set and all that. So um, we will finally get to discuss both of those tournaments a bit as well at the end of the show. But, I think we uh, we need to start with AEW. I assume that we're uh, solidifying the main event as we speak. The chat room uh, Phil Brooks know. looks pretty happy, uh, and he's holding the contract, and everybody's cheering. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, uh, Chick Magnet Punk and uh, John Moxley will be at All Out, but uh, we'll wait uh, to, to make that official. But uh, he seems he is in the crowd cutting a promo and everybody's screaming and going nuts. So uh, believe it or not, he is not in the mud. Uh, people still like him in Chicago, uh, despite everybody saying that he wouldn't be over anymore. Uh, and yeah, it appears that uh, he is probably going to face Moxie, but we'll I'll wait till the graphic comes up or, or the note of chat room listens. But he he appears much happier than he was a, a couple minutes ago. So yeah, yeah. Um, Serena up one, love in the third, but uh, these sets don't start till somebody uh, goes up a break. We all know that. So yes, we'll keep an eye of on that. We all know that. <laughs> and we all know that. Yes, everybody who knows. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I don't you know. know that, it, if they're just holding serve, there's no news to report here. If until somebody uh, you know goes up a break, then we have nothing to talk about until they uh, you know go to a tiebreaker or something. So, um, and uh, actually, Joe, uh, Phil Brooks is signing the contract. I believe uh, it is official for all out. It'll be Mox versus CM Punk. He has signed the contract. He's ready to go. All right, so we can preview that part of the show. We got that. I feel much better now. So, all right. Well, yeah, it's because you were very anxious about not having the whole card. Um, and I and I told you we'd have it, but by the time we got <laughs> I kind of thought I, mean, I don't know if Tony, Tony's Tony's a wild man some days you never know so but uh, he decided to uh, to to go with that so all right so we got that so we, we can now officially mostly preview uh, all of all that but yeah as you said we're gonna talk about the stuff going on all that weekend uh, indies as well uh, throughout the weekend uh, real quickly we'll touch on those some other shows happening in the Chicagoland area. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, there used to be really good piggyback shows. I don't know if that's a lost arts these days. Well, well I guess we uh, we don't, I don't want to do another like the indie suck thing, but we'll we'll talk briefly about them because uh, you know here's the thing. I'm not uh, going to any. Of the, I don't believe I'm going to any of these. Maybe AAW. Uh, that's uh, that's a TBD on the AAW. The other ones zero desire to go to anything else. So I, I mean, I, you know, I we don't even discuss game changer wrestling at all on this show anymore we stopped discussing game changer wrestling what maybe even a year ago we haven't talked about game changer wrestling in a long time yeah, other than about... i think we officially after the hammer sign we were done like that was pretty much yeah it. yeah 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 that one we had to talk about but i mean you know and they're running a bunch of shows obviously i feel like they run every 10 minutes but um game changer kind of just hit a point for us where we weren't enjoying it we both kind of think it's kind of a trashy promotion, um, and at that point, it's like, why, you know, why are we going to talk about this? You know, we're not if we're not interested, the listener won't be interested, and that doesn't mean that we don't have listeners that are interested in game changer wrestling. But if we're talking about a topic that we're not interested in, our audio is going to stink. So it basically joined the pile 
with, you know, what happened with Chikara, maybe for long, long time listeners about a decade back, we used to talk about Chikara all the time. And then we both just lost interest in Chikara and, and we just dropped it from the rotation. So that's kind of what's happened with Game Changer. Um, it essentially doesn't exist on this podcast. And a lot of the other promotions running are Game Changer adjacent, your BLPs and things like that. And those, again, those are promotions I really don't have any interest in. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll briefly go it's over. Happening. Yeah, it's happening. So at least we'll, we'll you know, for people that, if you are coming. Maybe match or anything. But, no, you know. no, no. Yeah, I'll probably just briefly talk about the shows and, and, and a few of the matches. But, yeah, if you're coming in this weekend for All Out uh, and you want to catch some extra wrestling, there, there there's plenty for you. There are plenty for you. Uh, all yeah. across uh, the uh, the Chicagoland area. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on this weekend. It's a big, big, big wrestling weekend. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time for us to, to jump into it and preview it. So let's talk about All Out. Uh, obviously, this Sunday, AEW, uh, we now know the main event official. It is going to be John Moxley versus CM Punk, the rematch uh, from Dynamite. And now that leads to a very interesting question is how do you how do you structure this match? How do you How do you do this match this time? Is it... You know, do, do, does Punk sell the foot for a little bit, but then Moxley, you know, then he's able to recover through it? Does he Superman through it? Like, because you're going to have, I mean, the central point of what we saw a couple weeks ago or, or last week was that Punk's foot is just completely ravaged and, and, and is not healthy at all, and, and he isn't quite there. Uh, you now need to kind of work around that, which I think is going to be a fun way to work the match. But how do you, Joe, how, how would you kind of structure this match if you were... You know, we're sitting down with these guys and saying, all right, here's the best way to probably do this match to, to make it work the best. Well, keep in mind, I mean, obviously, we're not watching uh, the go home. And I don't know what's happening or what's how the story is progressing. But, I mean, I think you have to build it around the foot to some extent. I mean, the, the foot has to have something to do with all this, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you not? can't just have him be it can't be a CM Punk versus John Moxley match normal. I mean, you, you just had a week ago where this guy could not stand and couldn't continue a match and just lost in a couple of minutes like they got that has to be a central thing of Punk either gutting through it or it being a central part of the match or him selling it the entire time. It's got to be part of it. it has to be has to be has to be uh, uh, one of the biggest parts of the match. And I guess, you know, the other you know big question, too, is that do you use this to solidify John Moxley or is this possibly a switch to CM Punk? Uh, to to win the title back, you know, what you never, you probably didn't want CM Punk to lose the title, you know, initially. I mean, obviously, I, I, he was going to lose it eventually at some point, but I don't think, you know, uh, a couple months after he won it was the plan. I think he was probably slated to have the title for a little bit longer. But yeah, I don't know. Do do you, I could see both ways. I don't know that I have a, like I like John Moxley as champion. I think he's a great, great champion. But we've kind of been down that road. We have had the John Moxley championship thing. We haven't had the full CM Punk championship thing. So I don't know, but I, I it feels weird to go back to Punk and, and, and take the title off Moxley so quickly, but I don't know. that, that It really leads me to going into a main event where I have absolutely no idea. And, and that's cool. Again, I like that. Yeah. I mean, again, disclaimer, haven't watched Dynamite. It's on right now, but um, to me, it feels like a coin flip match at this point. Um, as I said last week, I still feel like it feels like a hot match because I, I the way that they did the title unification or whatever you want to call it, the interim thing, we didn't really get the match yet. You know, we got a three-minute squash. So it was a, it was an angle disguised as a match and all those sorts of things. So I do think that the match still feels hot to me. I think the pay-per-view will do well. It's obviously not going to match what it did last year. This is going to be the first AEW pay-per-view that does not have growth year over year. Uh, you know, bad faith actors and, and people who just don't do good analysis will probably make a big deal out of that. But the reality is we know that that's not a big deal. 
because last year's was just a, a special it was it's it, it's an exception uh you know it wasn't a usual pay-per-view it was a you know one of the biggest pay-per-views that could have been done with cm punk's you know return to the ring and all of that so um you know they're not going to top last year but i still think they're going to do a very strong number i think that um the way that tony khan is talking i feel like he has some tricks up his sleeve and i feel like it's it's probably going to be a shockingly great show um so and most AEW pay-per-views are great you know they've had some of the greatest in their three-year history they've had some of the greatest pay-per-views in the history of wrestling so uh they do pay-per-view well and i think this one will be great and this main event feels hot to me it also feels like a coin flip match it's an intriguing match for the reasons you stated too because you know we don't know what's going to happen it's hard to really put a finger on 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 who's going to win this thing and how this thing's going to go so um i'm into it yeah I, I am as well and you know just watching the promo you know on mutes or whatever watching the segment uh the crowd was going absolutely hit for it It looked like a really passionate cm punk promo uh moxley i, I saw his promo at the beginning of dynamite and uh, i i texted a few friends and was like hey how's this going you know how and every single one of them was like oh and they were the same way they they were like a lot of the other people saying i don't know like i'm kind of down uh you know it's not i don't know if it's quite all to a man, every single one of them was like, dude, I can't wait. Oh, Sunday's going to be fucking awesome. Sunday's going to be great. So they're they're all in. Everybody that I've, I've been seeing, I was I did a cursory look online. It seems like people are very excited about what they were presented on this go-home show. So uh, believe it or not, John Moxley, CM Punk, people do want to watch that match happen again. And like you said, we didn't get a proper match last week. And I thought that there was probably value in holding CM Punk off or kind of holding this match off for a little bit. But if you're going to do it now and, and shit, you know why not? If if both guys are healthy and both guys are able to do it, uh, and it's in Chicago, it definitely makes all the sense in the world to do it. At, at, you know here uh, at all out, but yeah, it seems like everyone's pretty damn excited about uh, what's happening uh, here. So yeah, it, it's I, I'm with you too. I'm, I'm still I'm still super excited about uh, that match because like we yeah we never got a proper match. We never got a proper proper uh, Punk versus Moxley match, and I'm just fascinated now uh, to see how they work around the injury. I think they're they're. They're two smart workers. They're two smart wrestlers. AEW is too smart. I, I know, and that's kind of has me excited that we might not get like the perfect or the best, you know, John Moxley CM Punk match, but we might get a really passionate match. We might get a match that's really got a lot of storytelling in it, a lot of nuance and intricacies and all that sort of stuff. And that that really really sounds cool to me. So uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. That that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Serena up a break. She's up two love. She's got a chance. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> She's serving up a break. So. Um, this is definitely going to eat almost the entire second hour of dynamite, by the way. Yeah. So, um, especially now that like punk and Mox is done. Cause if you were watching to figure out what the all out main event is. Yeah. And y- yeah. you then immediately after that, uh, so yeah, punk get out of the ring, go to commercial, they come back and it's, uh, it's Wardlow and FTR versus, uh, Silas Young, Ice Pick, Vic Capri, and Ren Jones. So I like, I love that match. That's right up my alley. My man, Ice Pick, Vic Capri. But uh, I'd imagine most of the viewing audience, if if you have an inkling that Serena Williams is having her last, you know, tennis match ever, uh, you may uh, may may bail pretty quickly after that. Yeah, match, and they'd so. be switching over with her attempting to go up three love, and then they're probably <laughs> going to just stick with it at that point. Yes. Yeah. Um, to to see it out to the end. So, yeah, I think the dynamite rating is going to uh, be hurt dramatically by this. So. The rest of this all-out show, 
I think we know everything with the exception of the uh, the finals of the trios. Right, so, yeah. We will presumably have that. Well, we should have that in the next – well, no, we won't know the full finals. Half of it. Well, we'll know half yeah. of it. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. So uh, we have a pre-show match just announced a couple of days ago uh, ensuring that I have to get there early and I will indeed watch the pre-show Tomorishi versus Eddie Kingston. That came out of nowhere, but I'm in. Yeah. So because of all the drama last week, we lost the, the Kingston Sammy Guevara match that probably would have happened at this show. Uh Guevara to this point is not booked, but I suppose he can be the Joker in the casino ladder match, or maybe they'll put something together tonight or on Friday for him. But we get Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii. I'd rather see that than Kingston versus Sammy Guevara anyway. Yeah, it sounds like an upgrade. So, <laughs> Honestly, to me, I, I'm uh, I'm definitely okay with that. Yeah, so and that for now, that's the only... They're not calling this one the buy-in. They're calling it Zero Hour. Um, now, we saw Zero Hour. They were calling it Zero Hour for the ROH pay-per-views. So maybe now that they have the rights to that name or whatever, they're just going to call all of their pre-shows Zero Hour. Or, or Zero Hour was the name of the... Okay, here's what it was. It that was, was the, the all-in. It was the first all-in yes. thing, which you know, obviously, technically was Ring of Honor, but now, what was technically That's Ring what of I Honor mean. They have is now right. AEW, kind of, sort of. Right. So they they have the rights to that now. Right. So they may just. I don't know if they're just using that for all out because it was used for all in, or if it, they're just going to drop the buy-in. I, I who knows? But this one's called Zero Hour, and I presume they're going to add stuff to it. They. Very rarely just do one match, um, you know, and their their pre-shows have been pretty good lately, to be honest. Remember how bad their pre-shows used to be with the librarians and all the other <laughs> Peter bullshit? Shit, yeah. yeah, I mean, just awful. And, um, you know, now they're, they're – what you really want to do with a pre-show is create the old FOMO for people that haven't ordered yet. You know, show them a, a hot crowd, give them some hot action, and make people think, man, I, I've got to plunk down – my 50 bucks and do an impulse buy so I don't miss this thing. And you're not going to do that with Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. Right, right, or, right. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, the other assorted nonsense they used to do. So, uh, Joe, can you give me a couple minutes here to preview another match? I will be right back. Is that okay? All right. So, Rich, right. Rich is going to go uh, take a shit or something. Um, so, that's the pre show match, the zero hour match. Uh, some of the other bouts on the card. We've got, of course, Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. That's been a well-built, uh, long-term feud. These guys are finally going to mix it up. I thought maybe they wouldn't touch until the pay-per-view. That wasn't the case. Jungle Boy put a beating on Christian Cage a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite. And um, they'll finally get in the ring one-on-one. Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, kind of in the same boat as the Jungle Boy-Christian Cage match. And that we have a well-built feud. Powerhouse Hobbs, of course, turning on Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks doing the tremendous promo on last week's Dynamite. Where, uh, you know, he was moved to tears with how passionate he was about wanting to get his hands on Powerhouse Hobbs. And now uh, Starks jumped on Rampage by The Factory. And uh, Hobbs seemed pleased with that on Friday. So that adds a little little heat to the match here as well. So uh, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. I would expect Ricky Starks to win that. Uh, if Hobbs wins, perhaps they'll extend the feud a couple more months. But ultimately, I think Starks has to come out of this feud on top. Same thing with Jungle Boy Christian. I mean, 
Jungle Boy has to come out of that feud on top. That doesn't necessarily mean he has to win on this show. But AEW isn't the kind of promotion that typically will do, you know, uh, you know, three match series, so to speak, with guys. They usually, you know, give you the one match, that's the blow off, and that's that. But at the end of the day, Jungle Boy and Ricky Starks are going to have to go over on these opponents. The uh, TBS title match is going to be Jade Cargill versus Athena. I'm back, by the way, now. So it's a dog right. issue. I wish it was. I wish I had to take a shit, but it was just a dog issue. So dog decided so, to his entire breakfast or dinner. So yeah. So we're talking about uh, Jade Carkill and Athena for the TBS title. I do not think Athena will be the one to uh, knock off Carkill. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, this. I don't know where you are uh, on on Jade and this TBS title, but I, I think it's been real clunky lately. I just haven't been into it very much, and Cargill's felt like she's been kind of a non-factor for what feels like a couple of weeks now, or maybe even a couple of months. I mean, it, it might be like a whole month at this point where she just does not feel. Uh, and even even you know going back to when she started up with Stokely, it's just kind of it's the same thing every single week, and it's seemingly I don't know I'm I'm kind of down on. I don't know if I'm down on her or the title or what it is, but it's just it hasn't exactly done much for me lately. It's the same thing every week, and you know, cut the shit, Tony, and you know, at least on Rampage though, they had one of the baddies kind of speak out of turn, and Jade was. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. I guess we're there. I, to be fair, she hasn't wrestled. I mean, she met, she wrestled the Madison Rain match. Uh, that was God. That was already a month or so. The tenth, yeah, August tenth. And then before that, it was all the way in July. So she just hasn't been wrestling very often either. So she's kind of there. But, yeah, maybe that's why the title feels down because it just does not feel like a very, you know, <laughs> well-defended or, or, or important title in the company right now. I think Athena has been better than I thought she'd be since she came into the company, uh, particularly on the microphone where she was instant death in NXT. So maybe that speaks to the idea that some people are just more comfortable when they don't have to memorize a script. Right, when she could just be her. And and like her promos are not I mean, she's not gonna talk you in the building. She's not Ric Flair. <laughs> she's not talking in the right, building. Right, right, right. But she's good at being herself and talking in sentences and then that's it. Like they're very quick. They're not long promos, but yeah, maybe that's yeah, I because man, those that you're right, those NXT promos, you should be like, and then I'm gonna go and face you. And like it felt so bad. Yeah. So nervous. Yeah. Yeah, very, very nervous, clearly thinking the entire time while she's talking. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it definitely chalk one up for, like, let people just be themselves and talk how they talk, and, and you'll probably get better results. It, you know, and maybe some people work better being told what to say. But Sure, it, everybody's different. Everybody's different. There are numerous people that are probably better with scripts than without. But, uh, yeah, you, you have to know that and, and work to the people's strengths and not just have one way to do things is probably the best way to do it, so. All right, so the Acclaimed get a tag team title shot against Swerve in our glory. I know the Acclaimed are red hot in the buildings. This doesn't feel like the right time to take the titles off of Strickland and lead them. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, do, do, you, uh, do you subscribe to, and I saw a lot of people saying this, like, do you subscribe to, like, why are FTR not in this title mix? Like, why are they not getting a chance at the title? Why are they not, like... I, I guess I kind of see that because it's like, hey, here's this team that has every other tag team title in the world that always wins all their matches, and then the acclaimed are getting the tag team title shot. It's it's funky. It's a little weird. I just think that, um, look, you know, I know Brian Last and Jim Cornette are trying to drum up controversy on that front and everything. Oh, <laughs> for the record, I don't know what they're. Well, we I'm haven't. I'm independent of of of. Of one well, Cornette. Rich, there's a reason that we haven't talked about that for a single second on this show. I don't give a shit what Brian Last or Jim Cornette have to say about anything. I don't trust them. Um, you know, but 
the way I see it, I, I don't mind an FTR. I, look, I thought we were headed towards FTR versus the Bucks for everything. Right. Then the Bucks lost the titles. Um, but FTR are doing great things. They hold three different sets of tag team titles. They're going to go to New Japan and defend those IWGP belts very soon. Um, I don't have any issue with the way. Look, if 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 you have a problem with the way that FTR has been pushed this year, I don't know what you want. <laughs> I did see some of that where like, it's like they haven't been. You know, here's a few random pay per views that they were either not on or in like insignificant matches, and it's like, yeah, but in between all those, they were in like major matches and won all of them. Like, what are you, they, what are you talking about? You can't push a tag team any they harder. Have than every they title, push. they have every tag team title, and they win every match. Yeah. Yeah, you can't push the tag team any harder than they've been pushed. There's no complaints on that front. Uh, yeah, the the tweet you're talking about, and it was just from a rando, and I don't want to pick on this rando, but they went over the last four pay-per-views and how they weren't on three of them and lost to the Lucha Brothers on the fourth, but they conveniently left out winning the IWGP tag team titles at Forbidden Door. Right, that's an important one. And they one. conveniently left out two main events on the ROH pay-per-views that were match of the year contenders. <laughs> right. And legitimate important. main events. Yeah, and are so, important in this canon, like, because it's, right. you know, it's similar companies at this point. You know, so. because what we're seeing a lot, I think what we're seeing a lot, and I see this even with uh, certain pundits as well, if it's ROH, it like doesn't count to them, or it's just getting in the way of AEW. Like, it's just what's the big deal? Why do they get so wound up about ROH stuff? I think it's cool. I think it's objectively cool that they can weave the ROH canon into the AEW canon, and weave the canon of, and have FTR win these other companies. Yeah, well, weave that New Japan canon, good. weave wrestling canon into it. Because I think that, again, we talk about this all the time. There's one, there's a generation that was just brought up on one single way to do wrestling. So to WWE, yeah. if, unless it's happening in their company, it doesn't exist and it doesn't matter and it's stupid and it's dumb and it's, it's the minor leagues and it's not the big times or whatever. Whereas AEW is like, no, you need to take in totality all of wrestling. So FTR winning the New Japan, you know, winning the IWGP Tag Team Titles in New Japan, that counts. That means something. Them having great matches in Ring of Honor, that means something. That counts. Them doing this, you know, in AAA, that matters. That counts. And to a lot of wrestling fans, a whole generation of wrestling fans, they grew up and and it didn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter because it's not in a, it's not in the main company. It's not in you know. And and I think they're they're applying that to AEW when AEW has never applied that that to them. They yeah. they've always from day 1 we talked about this. We've been talking about this from the moment yeah. that they started. We talked about it from the moment they did their fucking press conference that AEW and they they were clear about that too that they were going to be the wrestling world is their world. They are a part of yeah. the the larger wrestling world. They are not their own independent island. They're not their own independent thing. They are what wrestling is is what they are too. Like they're they're all one. So yeah, there's a whole group of fans that just can't fathom that Something that happens in Ring of Honor matters in AEW, and something that happens in New Japan matters in AEW. Something that happens in AAA matters in AEW. That all it all matters, and it all means something. And that's you know, I guess too much for some corn cobs to handle. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean WWE at least up until when Vince was in charge, they didn't even acknowledge what was going on in NXT. That was within their own company. Yeah. So, and that sucks. Like, that's bad. That's stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. do that. So, and, and, the, and the thing about all this is, you know, these people need, you know, Forbidden Door was a critical, a massive critical success and a massive financial success. Sold out, blew away everyone's projections, except for mine, on pay-per-view. I was the only correct person. And <laughs> it's time for, for listen. 
Take the fucking L. <laughs> Stop saying that New Japan being involved on AEW TV is bad. The sh- take the fucking L on Forbidden Door, please. It's over. You lost. You were all wrong. All of you were wrong. It was a massive success. They should do more New Japan in AEW. More. Which is why they're doing more on this show. They should do more ROH. They've run two the two most successful ROH pay-per-views ever. With the exception of the MSG show, which we all know New Japan carried that one. Oh, Madison Square Table okay. carried that one, dude. All right. So, again, take the fucking L. These New Japan and ROH projects they do are massive successes. Take the L, people. So, yeah, it drives you nuts. FTR couldn't be pushed any harder. It's nonsense. Speaking of FTR, we may as well talk about that. Uh, FTR and the Wardlaw against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I think this is a weird match. Very weird. Because- yeah, and, and has gotten more weird as the, the days have gone on because, like, I still – I don't know what we're supposed to do with the Machine Guns. Like, when they come out, am I supposed to be like, boo? Am I supposed to boo these guys or say yay or – it's very strange. Wardlow and FTR are clearly like mega over uber baby faces. Jay Lethal's a, a very hated heel. You're not supposed to like him. He's kind of a dork, whatever. But then you have Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley, and it's like, all right, what am I supposed to do with those guys? They're baby. They're pure baby faces. Right. They're so they're the like, personification of baby faces. So I I'm know. not saying yeah. they can't work heel here. Of course they can. I, I just saw Alex Shelley do it a couple days. You know, a week ago at, at Emergence, he he worked pseudo heel. But it's still when they come out. When that music plays and Saban and Shelly come out, the crowd's going to go fucking nuts. Right. It's the Motor City Machine Guns in AEW. That rules. That's awesome. So um, that's got me a little conflicted. Like, what? why are they with Jay Lethal? What? I, it's I mean, like, <laughs> if you could turn your brain off for a little bit, it's like, oh, it's fucking awesome. It's Motor City Machine Guns in, in AEW, and it means eventually we're going to get FTR and, and, and the Machine Guns, which is great, and I want that. But it, it is a very clunky, weird match. Just on paper, you're just like, "What the fuck?" The Morrison it's, it's and weird, Jay Lethal. It's weird, psych, weird psychology here. Yeah, it's weird psychology. Uh, there's a lot of hand wringing about the Wardlow too. You know, the fact that uh, why doesn't he have a title match? Why isn't he in a major match? And I can understand that. But the thing about that is, you hear all this hand wringing about how poorly the Wardlaw has been handled. You know, since he beat MJF and how they're blowing the push and. They're blowing it with this guy, and every time he wrestles on TV, the fucking roof blows off. <laughs> yeah, there's... So I, I don't, I, I, I refuse to acknowledge that criticism until he stops getting reactions. When he stops getting reactions, you could say, "Oh yeah, they fucked it up." This guy wrestled a squash on Rampage, and it got the loudest reaction on the show. Crowd was going ape shit. So you can't sit here and tell me that he's losing momentum. That's objectively false. The fans are still way behind this guy. Uh, you know, but, but I don't like him as much, so he's losing. It's very strange. Yeah, the, the online discourse about wrestling fucking stinks. It's all terrible. So, I mean, everybody has to be doing something of ultra importance at all times, and it's like, or if not, then it's a massive failure. And, and the fans have now no longer like the guy, or no longer are into which it. Which isn't or, true yeah. in this case. I mean, <laughs> right, it, it's not. It's not. Now, if he comes out on this pay-per-view and doesn't get any kind of reaction, then there's some validity to it. But he's going to get a monster reaction like he always does. And FTR, uh, you know, in terms of in front of crowds, the only, you know, very smallest of people who get better reactions than them, Punk. <laughs> I mean, who's going to get a better reaction? Lately, who's been getting better reactions than FTR? And oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're right up there. They're, they're, the they're in that upper echelon. They're in that top. Yeah, they might be. Yeah, they might. maybe Moxley. Maybe you could throw Moxley in there, but... Uh, they're in that. They're in the top five, solidly in the top five for sure. Solidly in the top three, I'd say. Yes, yeah, so, I mean I don't love this match, 
in terms of, you know, but I bet you it's a pretty good match. Oh, I bet it's going to rock. Yeah, are you kidding? Look at those guys. Look at the names in the match. It's going to rock. What we got here is is we're clearly setting up an FTR Motor City Machine Guns match, which when that happens is going to be phenomenal. So um, that's that. Next up we have... uh, you want to do the women's? You want to do Danielson Jericho? Uh, uh, yeah, let's do the women's. Let's go down. Let's go down the line. So, interim women's title: Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. We've talked to death about the, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa controversies last week, and um, I don't think we need to get into all that again. Uh, presumably, at some point, she will return from her back injury and face whoever the interim champion is, whether it's the winner of this match or someone who then wins the interim title. We haven't had anybody win an interim title from an interim champion yet. They haven't done that yet in AEW. Um, But, you know, who knows? Um, Rich, I'd like the floor, though, for something that I've been champing at the bit to to rant about. Uh, So... If you would be so kind as to give me the floor for Absolutely. about 90, 90 seconds. 90, and then, uh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, I might go a little longer, okay. but right. then you can chime in and okay. either agree or disagree. So this has been driving me nuts all week, but I've seen a lot of criticism. And I'm not talking about Twitter randos and fans because fans are going to be fans. And, and you know, they don't necessarily... Uh, understand or even fans shouldn't even care about the business side of wrestling. So, you know, fans are one thing, but I've seen a very specific criticism from a lot of uh, professional pundits and and analysts and people who cover wrestling this week that has completely driven me up the wall. And uh, the complaint is that uh, when Thunder Rosa announced that she was injured and would not be defending her title at the pay-per-view and that explaining her situation and that there would be an interim champion and all that, that, uh, you know, they did that in a backstage segment with, I believe, Tony Schiavone and it, it got about, you know, 30 to 45 seconds or whatever. And the criticism is that, uh, CM Punk when in the same position was given a 15 minute quarter hour to open up a, uh, a dynamite and how this was uh, grossly unfair and shows and proves how Tony Khan does not care about his women's division and how uh, AEW as a whole uh, doesn't give a shit about the women's division. And I cannot believe my ears when I hear people who should know better, not dopey fans on Twitter, but pundits and people who cover pro wrestling for a living. That is such a horrendous, bullshit, nonsensical take. Uh, Here's the thing. When Thunder Rosa can pull a rating... That's when Thunder Rosa gets 15-minute segments on Dynamite. This is not politics. There is no requirement for equal time. This is not a fucking charity. This is a business. This is not a soup kitchen. Okay? Uh, Thunder Rosa can barely get through a 30-second pre-tape promo without fucking something up. In fact, her her pre-tape promo with Shivani was clunky and screwed up. You cannot put Thunder Rosa in front of a crowd with a microphone in a ring for 15 minutes the way you can CM Punk because she simply cannot perform at that level with the microphone. Besides the fact that it's going to tank the quarter hour because it's Thunder Rosa. Okay? CM Punk is a legitimate business draw 
the biggest draw in the company, and one of the greatest stickmen in the history of professional wrestling. That's someone you hand a microphone and put in a ring for a 15-minute quarter hour because he's going to pop the quarter hour and he's going to cut not just a competent promo, which Thunder Rosa cannot do, but a great promo and get the story over and, uh, and, and, and take the people through it, both in the live crowd and at home. There is a huge difference, a gulf-sized, Grand Canyon, universe-sized difference between Thunder Rosa, nice little wrestler, and CM Punk, all-time great on the microphone, one of the biggest legitimate draws in pro wrestling. That's why CM Punk gets 15 minutes on Dynamite to explain his situation, and that's why Thunder Rosa gets 30 seconds pre-taped with Tony Schiavone, and God knows how many times I had to tape it just to get the slop that she produced out anyway. Okay? The last time they put Thunder Rosa in front of a live crowd with a microphone with Serena Deeb, it was one of the worst Dynamite segments of the year. And you want to put her out there like they did CM Punk for 15 minutes? Let alone forget the fact that it would tank the rating. Just the fact that she can't get through it. It's nonsense. And I can't believe people are make that, making that argument. I don't know whether they're pandering. I don't know what the deal is. But you got to get your shit together if you genuinely believe that Thunder Rosa deserved the same time that CM Punk did. Your first mistake is using the word deserved. You don't deserve shit. It's a meritocracy. She doesn't deliver ratings like CM Punk, and she doesn't perform like CM Punk. Maybe if this had been Britt Baker in Thunder Rosa's position, you trust her with a microphone. You trust her in front of the live crowd. You trust her to hold up her end of the ratings. Thunder Rosa? No. Nonsense. Nonsense. Awful. It's no wonder that this is the best podcast in wrestling. Rich Krejci, thank you for the time. No problem. Yeah, that that is an absurd... I mean, especially... It's not like you're talking about Thunder Rosa and... I don't know. Pick pick another dude on the roster. Dax Harwood. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's CM Punk. He's like one of the greatest talkers ever. Like, he is definitely afforded the ability to have 15 minutes to tell his story. And he was definitely afforded uh, multiple minutes on this episode of Dynamite to try to go and sell a pay-per-view. Because he's CM Punk. He's the one of the greatest, if not, you know, and if you said he's the greatest promo in, in wrestling history, I, it's tough to argue. You know, if you, I would not argue with you. If, if he was your pick, I might... You know, I might go with a flair. I might go with an Arn Anderson. I might go with a few other guys. But fuck, Punk's right up there, man. Punk's right there. He might even be there. Uh, that is, yeah, that, I cannot believe. And I did see a little bit of that, too. And I was, you know, laughing at just the overall, like, just the very idea of it made me laugh. But then also when you really boil it down like you did, wait, we're talking about CM Punk, <laughs> one of the greatest talkers in wrestling history. And Thunder Rosa, who, as you kind of laid out there, I mean, yeah, I like Thunder Rosa in the ring. I think that she brings a lot to the table. But promo mobility is not it. It would be a disaster. It would be an absolute disaster to put her out in the middle of Dynamite and give her 15 minutes with a microphone. That is a disaster. You do not do that. <laughs> that is Rich, not good. If- that puts her in a bad position, too, because she's not good at that either. Like, I don't think she would have wanted that either. Like, that's a terrible, 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 terrible position to put Thunder Rosa in. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's it, the, the stopwatch uh, uh, dorks got way out of control this week because that that's just absurd. That Absolutely absurd. 
if these people ran a wrestling promotion, it'd be out of business in, in, in <laughs> oh, six so months. So quick, yeah, so quick. In six months, it'd be out of business. But uh, anyway, uh, that was completely absurd. I'm sure that will make me many friends, that little diatribe. But listen, I, not. I mean, come on, I, I, please. It's driving me nuts hearing multiple people complain about this. Um, but anyway, as far as this match goes, I mean, uh, it looks like Tony Storm was uh was supposed to beat Thunder Rosa according to the uh to the original plan so maybe they go right back to Storm. I don't think there's any bad choices here, honestly. Uh um, No, I, it, I was that was my point when when we were going to talk about this match is that I honestly think that there's justification for every single one. I think Tony Storm works. I think the momentum has been pretty good for her. It'd be, you know, her first opportunity uh to go and win that thing. So I I I'm totally fine with that. I I think Tony Storm would make a great uh a champion. Britt Baker, obviously, you know, when she was champion, it was one of the most stable divisions, and it was a, a pr- pretty damn good division uh, for a lot of the time that she was there, and it's probably the best that this division's ever been uh, with her. So, yeah, if you want to go back to a familiar one, and, and, and yeah, that, Britt Baker's fine. Uh, Hikaru Shida, again, like, she had a, a weird reign, but it wasn't... I, I liked aspects of the reign, but I think there might be, you know, better people there right now and more talented people for her to face if you want to go to her. She'd probably be my fourth pick out of all these, uh, unfortunately. And then Jamie Hayter, I think... You know, if you want to get the, you know, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker thing going, there's no better way than have Hayter win this and Britt to, you know, act like she's proud of her and happy for her or whatever. But deep down, everybody knows that she's not. And then eventually it, 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 it you know, culminates in, in Britt or, you know, Jamie, whoever being the one that, that kind of breaks it off and ends the relationship and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go there. I, I really honestly think every single one would be an option. Like I said, her car was probably my four out of four uh, just because we've seen that before and I'm not as excited about going down that road again. But um, I think. Between Tony, Britton, and, and Jamie, I think all those options are, are just great choices uh, to do it. And yeah, if it's Sheeta, that I think that's fine too. I have no issue with that either. Brian Danielson versus uh, Chris Jericho, and the intrigue here is obviously going to be uh, what will Daniel Garcia do? Yes. So you you did not watch uh, Dynamite, but uh, uh, Chris Jericho ran into the ring to try to hit Danielson with a chair. Uh, Garcia grabbed the chair so he couldn't hit Danielson, and then when Jericho turned around, uh, Danielson hit him with a Basico knee. So um, already Garcia not quite living up to you know. And then he Garcia made the oh shit face. You know <laughs> I'm fucked. Hot damn it! After he just earlier the segment before said I, I'm all in on the Jericho appreciation. You know I want to be back in. I, I want to be a part of this. Uh, so there you go. You, you got a real fun um, uh, story there. And I mean, it's Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. These guys are going to be incredible. I, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a, a, one of my, you know, two of my all time favorites in the ring at, at a show that I'm going to go to live. I mean, I'm, I'm super, super excited uh, to see it. And I think Danielson's just been absolutely, absolutely incredible uh, in AEW so far. So excited to see. Uh, what he does in this chapter. And Joe, I do want to let you know that uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay have hit the ring and they're in together. They are touching one another. So there was Mm. the debate. Would they touch each other? They are touching a lot. Mm. Okay. And Kenny has uh, 35% less KT tape than he did last week. So uh, I know a lot of people were very uh, concerned about his well-being, but he appears to uh, be, and he's definitely not selling his shoulder or anything right now. He's he's still wearing the shirt, but otherwise he's he's Kenny Omega pretty much all the way. So he's still wearing the compression shirt. He's still wearing the compression shirt, but like the other four hundred layers of uh, KT tape are now gone. So okay, so I know the Dark Order in the finals on the uh, Rampage side of the bracket. Um, so uh, maybe the Elite versus the Dark Order in the final with Hangman getting involved somehow. Have yes. they? Well, I will because tell you right they, now, uh, Uno is uh, is is down for the count. He has been uh, he he has an injury and he might not be able. 
Oh, so that's how they're getting Hangman in the mix. Yes, so they were backstage, and okay. Hangman was there, and they were like, hey, wait a minute, you can do it. And I, I'm sure Hangman's doing like that. I, I, I don't want him, but I think, yeah, if push comes to shove, maybe he's the guy that does it. So there you go. Serena up 5-2 in the third. Oh, Taking, it's going to happen. All right. Epic meltdown. If uh, She will serve for the match, even if uh, the Estonian holds serve here. So uh, Serena Williams guaranteed up a couple breaks to serve for the match. And um, it's already it's it's we're we're 18 minutes to the end of Dynamite. So this ate up the entire two hour Dynamite this match. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) I I mean, we have what, 20 minutes left in Dynamite. And yeah, (laughs) it's not. uh, Yeah, it's going to eat the whole thing. So, wow. I mean, this could end right now. This could end in five minutes. But even so, you know, then that's that's basically the entire show. So um, keep you updated there. Let's see. What do we have left? So I guess, yeah, the trios match. Sorry, I said I said Uno. I meant 10 earlier. I meant Preston. Press 10, 10. So oh, so I, it's 10 that won't be. Yes, it. yes. Sorry, I don't know why I said Uno. So. Yeah, because isn't the team 10, Silver, yes, yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Reynolds, correct, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Dark Order. I saw I saw um, Uno vexed. I saw him in the pre-tape, so I was thinking, oh, but yeah, it's press ten. That's uh, that, that's the injured one. So uh, we do have a new pre-show match, Joe. You ready for this one? Uh, yes. Interesting. AEW All Atlantic Championship. Pac defending against Kip Sabian. Okay, so that was to be expected. Um, now what's interesting is Will Osprey is not booked for New Japan uh, on the day of All Out. So I guess we'll know in a couple minutes if they're I would be stunned if they advance in the tournament. So uh maybe Will Ospreay, I mean, isn't on the show. It'd be weird if he was the Joker. That wouldn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I'd probably promote um, him. Yeah, I'd probably promote him. So let's talk about that match. Serena, um this is a match point triple match point for Serena here. So she got three cracks at it. She's gonna win. Um so we have we know the participants in the we know everyone except the Joker. So it's Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Utah, um, Dante Martin, Roosh, Andrade, Phoenix, and Pentagon. So we've got three different units in the match plus Martin plus the Joker. So then the speculation begins: Who's the Joker? Um. I don't know if they put Darius Martin in this kind of spot, returning from a, a second major injury, put him in a ladder match. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I might want to ease him back in. He's he's had a, a number of injury issues. I think I, I, I'd ease him back in for sure. Serena winner at 844, that, wow. by the way. Wow. 844 Central. So they get 15 minutes unopposed, which that's bad. I think they're going to get slaughtered by this. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Uh, Darius, I was just going to say, yeah. is he even ready to come back? back i haven't heard anything about that if, if he's got i don't know either i yeah, yeah i was just i'm just throwing names out there right right um, right right yeah no if, if it's will like that announce it you know what i mean like i wouldn't have him be a joker that, that's kind of dumb just announce him i mean it's will he's, he's one of the best wrestlers yeah. in the world uh a name that now is is gaining even more steam you know him being on dynamite i can tell you firsthand like i have friends that are like hey what's this will osprey guy so i have people very excited about i mean he's getting He's probably bigger than ever uh, this year, given you know just how good it's been and everything. So yeah, I'm very very curious, um, you know how, uh, you know why you would put him as a TBD. So yeah, I don't think they would. I mean, I guess sometimes Tony just kind of feels himself though, and he's got a show that he thinks. But like that'd be that'd be pretty dumb. I just I just put him in that match, you know. 
So would I. Um, let me pitch you another wild name. You ready for this one? How about Kota Abushi. Kota Abushi. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tony Khan keeps talking about um, by the end of All Out, our roster is going to be significantly stronger. That's the phrase the yeah. phrasing he keeps using. Um, now, I don't think Kota Abushi's contract ran out, and you know, the middle of the year, typically the the New Japan contracts run till either January or the end of January. Um, so, but, and we kind of touched on this. It's like, would New Japan really stand in the way? They really want nothing to do with the guy anyway. So, if Abushi wants to do it, and he did hint at it on Twitter a little bit a couple weeks ago, and Khan wants to do it, and he calls up New Japan, I think they would let Abushi do it. I don't think they want anything to do with him anyway. Right, and it might be the best way to to kind of appease him if they, hey, this is something you want to do, bud. You know, like yeah. hey, you got the rest of your contract up, like you know, when when, when it's out, and we're not going to renew you, and then you can go do whatever you want. But you know, you're contracted with us, so yeah, we'd appreciate if you work with a company that we at least have a relationship with. And yeah, we have a relationship with AEW, so if that's going to be the one, like it does seem like the perfect marriage, and that's why I presented him as a, as an option for if Kenny wasn't ready to go or if Kenny wasn't healthy, I thought it would be a great option for the Bucks to use because, and yeah, yeah, it was about a month or so or, or so that we had this discussion, so you can go back and listen to that if you want. But like to me, yeah, the, uh, Abushi doing stuff in AEW seems perfect. It, it, it's a it's a company that New Japan has a relationship with, so it's not like he's he's doing something completely opposed. To New Japan for wrestling, like that, that you know would be that would be weird and that would be strange and that would be odd and and contractually, I don't even know he can do that. Like I don't know that he could work for Big Japan if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a lot of weird stuff yeah. there. Yeah, like you know he's got a contract with New Japan, but if 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 he you know or AEW or Khan you know presented, hey, uh, I'd like to bring in Ibushi, and if he's down for it, are you guys down for it? Why would New Japan stand in the way of that? Why why would they care? I mean, it's it's they're getting some modicum of value out of that out of you know instead of just putting him on ice i mean possibly saying hey kodobushi you know he he he's been a former iwgb heavyweight champion he's done that like there's there's benefits to having him you know there for new japan cuz it's you know people don't might not know the minutia and might not know all the details but might just know hey that's a guy who wrestles in new japan oh that's kind of cool um so i think there's value there but yeah it's just if this is how he's going to run out his contract that might be the best way so that that's that's yeah. a, a definite uh, interesting name to keep an eye on. I mean, he's definitely hinted towards it, and I think it'd be the best way to give Ibushi something to do uh, for the remainder of his New Japan run. And again, the last we heard, New Japan was just just wanted to quietly let him run out the clock on his deal and wash their hands of him. So, like you said, if this will keep him happy, and he has really the last couple of months been quiet, and if this will keep him, you know, happy and keep him quiet, then just let him do it. What's the harm? You're not interested in the guy anyway. Right. If you don't so, say that we're run by the Yakuza, we will let you do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, you want to work AEW, cool. Don't tweet about us being ran by the Yakuza anymore. Then uh, we're even. Uh, and if that's the agreement, then I think uh, both parties would take that for sure. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of any other, you know, big name free agents off the top of my head that that could be. Not that the Joker has to be someone from the outside. It You know, it could be someone from the inside who we haven't seen for a while. It could be Adam Cole, you know, it could be, you know, um, any star inside the company who's kind of been laying low for a while. Um, you know, so, uh, so who knows, but, uh, uh Joe, what, thought, what are you guys doing for uh, TLB's birthday uh, tomorrow? It's kind of random to ask in the middle of a, no, it's not because I'm watching <laughs> in a fucking incredible match. Uh, I'm yeah. watching Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, uh, uh, uh exchange, 
uh, high flying maneuvers. And I'm so watching... Rich, Rich, Rich is annoyed that he's not there. <laughs> I, I am going to, I am going to read the exact conversation. Uh, I'm not. I'm just curious. I'm just out of nowhere. For, I'm just. I'm Bain. just wondering what you guys are doing. Just to you know, yeah. was it worth it? <laughs> How many birthdays does this woman had? I mean, what, what's another? You know, what I mean? like... Joe Lanza, eight thirty one on Tuesday. <laughs> Can you go tomorrow instead of Thursday? Meaning, can you do the show tomorrow yeah. instead of Thursday? Next week will have to be either Wednesday or Friday, too. Rich Krejci responds 20 minutes later. Ah, shit. I was going to go to Dynamite, but I haven't bought any tickets or anything yet. Next week is no problem either way. So then we have this comical confusion over what I... Over <laughs> yeah, you said it's Dynamite tomorrow, and I was like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, dummy. Wednesday <laughs> is Wednesday. dynamite. Yeah, you know what, but I, I wasn't Wednesday, sure. You know it was what that in, means? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I wasn't sure it was in Chicago, is yeah, what I meant. Yeah, I so you. we clear that all up. So then Rich says, uh, so I said, okay, this is what I said at 917. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I'm coughing now. Receipt, okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it unless you can't get tickets. Next week, we'll do Wednesday. So then Rich responds one minute later, <laughs> it's all good. I didn't buy a ticket or anything. And then I don't know what you meant to say, but you mistyped. You said, if you got to go, then let's do it. In other words, he gave the go ahead for Wednesday after I told him, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then I said one minute later, okay, then we'll do Wednesday the next two weeks. So I'll let the people judge whether you were strong armed. <laughs> Into missing dynamite guilt tonight. Trift. Just guilt trip. I thought it was something with your kids. I don't know. It was a birthday party for an adult woman. I will let the people Jesus. judge. Because you said, <laughs> I said, okay, don't worry about it. Because that's what TLB instructed me to do. She said, see if you can move it to Wednesday. But if you can't, it's no big deal. Right. We'll just go out to eat Wednesday. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's what I tried to. And then you, I was okay with it. And you said, no, it's all good. Yeah. No problem. Well, and then I woke up, and then I was just like, damn, I should have told him. And now you're annoyed. Okay. Yeah, I'm very annoyed. You should have just said, no, I'm going to die. You should have, well, yeah. Well, yeah. And then I decided the, the 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 good thing that we can do, I think the agreement that we can do, and maybe you can ask TLB if she wants to you know, um, yeah. um, chip in some money for this as well, uh, is that the next time Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega share a ring together, you can just buy me tickets to that. So, um, Whoa, listen. Once, do I have to read that exchange again? <laughs> I think the people have heard enough. So I'm like, all right, man. All right, you want to go? No problem. <laughs> then you're the one who's like, no, 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 it's all good. You caught me in an anxious millennial moment. So I did. And if you notice, I never once said it was her birthday because I didn't want to put additional pressure on you. I didn't give the reason. Yeah, see, I had like weird. I was like, oh, he's got to go to his like parent-teacher conferences for his children or something like that. I, oh, I, I had. That. Don't worry. I thought. It, I was like, there's got to be a reason. I got to be a reason. I was thinking, I was, I was, well, it took me, what, 30 minutes to respond? I was hemming and hawing. Oh, man. I'm sure minutes, there's a yeah. good reason. I'm sure there's a good reason why he's asking me to do this. So I, I did not think adult, uh, uh, birthday party, but, uh, or adult birthday. I shouldn't say birthday party. It's not like she's having a surprise party. Unless she is. I, I hate to ruin this. Yeah, surprise. we're doing pin the tail on the dog. <laughs> right. I, assume it's fucking... just, I assume it's just you guys going to dinner and then having sex. So, uh, we got a pinata. We're going to spin her around with the fucking <laughs> right. blindfold. Playing some twister. Yeah. With the bat, is that uh, are pinatas canceled? Ooh, great question. I don't know. I haven't I don't know seen either. one in a while. But then again, I uh, 
don't go to many children's birthday parties, so um, I don't know if pinata is a good know. question, though, right? Let me see if the nurse. Hey, Michelle. Can you come in for a moment? Let's see what the nurse has to think about. Uh... Yeah, she listens to Chapel Trap House. I'm sure they would have said something about it. Um... I'm not gonna come in here if I'm gonna be berated about my leftist views. No, uh, well, no, you're well, you're gonna be, you're gonna get uh, asked a question. Uh, we were wondering, are pinatas canceled? Um, why? Because it's like, um, I assume like culturally, it's like the '90s version of violent video games. Like, uh, I think it's violence. more the more you know the, the whole racial yeah, Mexican. Yeah. You know. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't think the bats are what people are worried about. Yeah. Like, are pinatas appropriation of the Mexican culture? Oh shit, they are. So, so I, I was gonna bring up that no, they're not because, but then I remember because we used to drive by that pinata shop and it was in like a very Mexican neighborhood. Yeah, and I was like, okay, those totally people was. are definitely still rocking yeah. pinatas, as they should because yeah, they're allowed. That's a great store. That was like it had every pinata you've ever still seen. Have pinatas though? That's a great. That's what we're wondering. I don't know. I feel like so. I feel like that parents stopped using them not because of their worry of appropriating culture. But just because of horrible accidents and like just kids, kids getting whipped with and stuff. a bat, yeah, yeah, reckless batting. Yeah. yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I think if you put like now and later's and fucking bubblicious inside the pinata, it might be bad. But what if you put like churro? Oh, yeah. Also, all, all the, the like, like, oh, all every kid's, kids allergic to everything. Yes. Now, so. Right. Right. They're like, uh, what candy is in that pinata? Like, have you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Now we've. You also we, can't give treats. We've out. gotten to the crux of the issue. I think is is not the appropriation, but rather the like, oh, my son can't have almond joys. He's allergic to the. Right. The almonds. Yeah, the almond. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, he he's got you know, gluten yeah, allergies. allergies. I hope that doesn't you know he can't cross. I think we've that's probably the crux of the issue more so than the appropriation. So yeah, hmm. yeah. There you go. I think the nut right. allergy thing came in before appropriation. Of <laughs> for sure, for sure. People are still <laughs> are still well down with uh, hitting a, a you know a giant thing with a good good night, nurse. All right, hit the bricks, nurse. Yeah, she's done. We're through with you. Um, all right. What were we? Uh... <laughs> I got to wake up every day. Okay. All right. Hit the bricks. You see, the problem is you can't get rid of her. That's the problem. She's a corporate nurse now. Are you back? No, you're done. You're done. You don't have to tell them that I'm not a real nurse anymore. Well, A corporate nurse? Well. <laughs> I just want everybody to know. Don't I you have a desk now? Yeah. I listen to Chapo Trap House inside my cubicle, so fuck off. <laughs> there it is. The nurse. Yeah. Oh, well, good for her. <laughs> um, Gets off her feet a little bit, you know. No 12-hour shifts anymore. No, she, yeah, she is making that money, I'll tell you that. Good. Hey, yeah. listen. Listen, you got to talk her into You got to get out of that cubicle and do this the whole time. That's what you got to do. You got to talk her into it now that she's carrying the load. You know what I'm saying? You got to be like, listen. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm still more likely to she's present the math. Her job. Yeah, but I, I, okay. Present the math. Let's let a paycheck or two get in. So. Yeah. Um. So that's speculation on the on the Joker. Rich, we had a main roster match added to the show. Are you ready for this one? Uh, yes. House of Black versus Darby, Sting, and Miro. Main show. All right. Hey, 
That's awesome. Not the pre-show. I don't think I've ever seen Sting live. Now that I think about it. Is that true? I, I've gone to TNA shows. I've gone to WCW shows. I've gone to, obviously, numerous WWE shows. I don't believe I've ever seen Sting live. Great opportunity to see him. I'm, I'm looking right now. It is, uh, no, I have never seen Sting live. Well, Sting will be in action in Chicago Can't on uh, Sunday, yeah. Rich. So uh, there you go. All right, what do we have left here? Um, I think they, we did every match. They did announce a, a Hook versus Angelo Parker FTW championship match on the pre-show as well. As a stacked pre-show. <laughs> TK, that, you, yeah, don't, that, you don't have to do every single title in every single match. But I appreciate hey, it. But, yeah, there you go. Hook versus Angelo Parker. I'm guessing there'll be a fourth match added on Rampage. They like to do four, uh, which I like. I like the wall-to-wall action on the pre-show. Um, I don't like the the. Oh, you don't like do, dopey guys sitting at a table trying to predict fake matches? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that sucks even worse. But I think the uh, the like the 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 hype videos too. I think you know, and I could be totally off base on this. My gut tells me that matches sell more pay-per-views than those hype videos do. I think people tune out and change the channel when those, like, uh, you know, the uh, the Road 2 videos that they do, which are tremendous, by the way, like the Road 2 show, if you... But I think showing the live building with the live fans and right. showing live People going action, hot, people going nuts, people yes. going crazy, good matches, exciting matches. Yeah, that that's, makes you want to buy it. Yeah, Jim Ross talking about, you know, Chris Jericho in a pre-tape with dramatic music playing. I think people are flipping around, putting on a baseball game, you know, waiting for a match to come on. When uh, the elites have uh, entered the uh, the finals of the AW right, so, World Trios Championship. You know, once you told me that Hangman deal, it kind of locked it in that we're going to get. It would have been really weird to have United Empire versus a Hangman. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so, so uh, you know, Will Ospreay is not going to be on this show unless uh, – because, listen, Pac was his other road to the show. Because they had the stare off last week, and Pac is now booked. Oh, so is that that's four pre-show matches, right? The the Pac match. Uh no, three so far. It's it's Ishii and Kingston, Pac and Sabian, Hook and Angelo Parker is what we got so far. Just three. I thought you gave me another pre-show. No, match. just, just three so didn't. far. Just three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I don't know. Will is either the Joker or he's on the pre-show in some form or fashion. Or they shoot something for Friday for him. I don't. I don't know. Um, but but the fact that he's not on the new, you know, he's not booked for New Japan is, and neither is Jay White. By the way, those are both very conspicuous. So, um, we'll see. But uh, I think we have now previewed. I think every we got night. it all. Yeah, real quickly. Uh, Ishii and Kingston, Pac and Sabian, Hook and Angelo Parker. We did that. Uh, the Elite versus TBD, but. The Dark Order, we just basically locked that in. It's The Dark Order, uh, for sure. I do not think the best friends are going to upset them and, and win that one. Uh, Warlow FTR versus Jay Lethal Motor City Machine Guns. Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida for the uh, interim world women's title. Uh, Claudio, Utah, Penta, Phoenix, Rush, Andrade, Dante Martin, 
Joker, Casino Ladder Match. Uh, Dennis and Jericho, yep, Swerve and Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. Uh, Jungle Boy Christian, did you do that when I was gone? I don't recall. I did Jungle okay, Boy okay, Christian, okay. and I did Starks Hobbs while okay. you were Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jade, Athena, House of Black, and then, yeah, Moxley and Punk. There it is. 14 so when you, when, matches. <laughs> yeah, when you add the two, when you add the title match and the trios match, that's 11 main card matches, so I don't... It, I, it's doubtful that they'll they'll add another. Yeah, that's but I think we'll get another. Pre, I think we'll get another zero hour match. So I think we'll get one more. So because the go. hook thing is going to be a minute long. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He'll, he'll destroy Angelo Parker for sure. So yeah. All right. So that that's a fuck man. That's a hell of a show. I, it's it's weird. We do all this hand reading every single month. And like yeah, it's great. It's, it's a great, great looking show. And yeah, they might have Will Osprey on the show in some form or fashion too. Like, Right, like Aussie Open and Will Ospreay are presumably still going to be in Chicago. It could still be. It's it's a fucking tremendous show. Like, what do we complain about? Why are we always complaining about this company? I don't. It's I so don't. good. <laughs> like, John Moxie versus CM Punk, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, fucking yeah. Miro, Darby Allen, and Sting versus the the House of Black. That's fucking you know, uh, the Elite <laughs> versus. I don't know. It's fucking absurd, but. Oh my welcome, god. Welcome to all the new live listeners coming in after Dynamite. We're yeah. done with AEW now, so welcome to the show. Yeah. Serena's done, it. Dynamite's done, you're here. Welcome. Yeah. Now you come so, crawling, and now we're good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Let me see how it is. Yeah. It's fine. Let's see. Let me see how it is. Uh speaking of all out, we are going to be live immediately following all out on Sunday. Well, immediate ish. Because I will be going to All Out, so I will need to be leaving All Out, and I will need to come home. Uh, so immediate, maybe not, probably about an hour or so after All Out. I think that's what it was last year. I mean, I can get I can get home from that arena pretty quickly. It's just a matter of getting out of the parking lot, but I have my ways. I, I'm a slick about... I don't know if you do this, especially when you go to events, but I like plan it out. Like, all right, I got to park here because this is the best way to get out. Because if you go, hey, I'm going to get right next to the building and I'm going to get a perfect spot right by the door, like you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting out. There's people walking in front of your car. There's a lot of cars. You got to play the long game. You got to think about when I'm leaving, where do I want to be? So um, I, I have uh, I have my ways and my, uh, my plan. So you rather have the longer walk into sure. the building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because who right. wants to... Walk in on a on a what's looking like a beautiful Sunday afternoon, perfectly fine. Sitting in your car while people just go, eh, eh, yeah, it's the yeah. worst. I'm just the fucking most dreadful way to spend uh, any amount of time. So yeah, I I would rather walk a, a couple uh, a half a mile and then get out of there as soon as possible. Is, is my Rich is going to so. be parked on Lake Michigan. <laughs> I would be parked very far away. I will tell you. Uh, I won't say my secret spot because I don't want anyone else to know about it, but uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty far away. I know uh, where it from is. the building. So where, where is it, Joe? Halstead Street. It is on Halstead Street. You got it. Just I knew it. Hell of a walk from. <laughs> yep. I can't. You got to come to Chicago one of these days. I'll just take you. I'll take a ride on Halstead Street with you. I need to go to Halstead we'll, Street. We'll go. Yes. Yeah. So it'll get a little one man gangy after a while. So uh, I want to see the one man gang. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see point. more than a one man gang. You'll see multiple men gangs at some point. But uh, okay. gets, all right. Gets a little. Uh, gets Halstead Street. Little, not all. Yeah, yeah. A little dicey on Halstead yeah, Street. A little, right? little rough. A little rough and tumble. There's yeah. a reason they said the one man gang <laughs> yes. was from Halstead Street. Yes. yes. And they don't. Yes. Yeah, they're they're not. Yeah, yeah, well, but anyway, yeah, not not. Uh, we'll, we'll do that one of these days. Next That's the murder started. capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. We all know that. <laughs> I don't know. Is it still? I don't know if it still is. But... Anyway, I think so. Um, what was I going to say here? Yes. Yeah, so we will be immediately after all out. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling, flagship Patreon.com. 
uh, voicetherestin.com slash Patreon, whatever way you want to do it. $10 tier. Uh, last year was one of our more popular shows ever. Uh, we had tons of people listening in, and obviously that was a monumental, all-time, all-time, all-time great pay-per-view. I don't know for sure if this is going to be a monumental, all-time, all-time great pay-per-view. I assume it probably won't be, but I have a feeling it's going to be a really, really uh, noteworthy, uh, very good pay-per-view. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, again, $10 tier uh, on Sunday. After All Out, probably about 45 minutes to an hour after the show, uh, we will go live with a review uh, of each and every single match. And that will be our only time reviewing All Out as well. So if you're if you're planning on tuning into the flagship next week to say, hey, I wonder what Joe and Rich thought of All Out. Well, we're not going to talk about All Out. We're going to talk uh, maybe big picture stuff, but we're not going to go match by match, break it all down. That is only going to happen on Instant Reaction Live. $10 tier, uh, flagship, patreon.com. Uh, that will be, again, as I said, about an hour or so after All Out, we will go live. So make sure you're subscribing to that, flagshippatreon.com. Uh, and that's not it. There's a lot of other stuff as well. Uh, and most of you listening, to them, the, the people in the Nordo chat room, you're already $10 subscribers. Thank you very much. Uh, you were in the last day of the month, but uh, for most of the people listening to this, at least on the free feed, uh, you're going to be listening to this on September 1st, September 2nd, early September. That is the best time to subscribe to the Patreon. You get the full month of content, and God damn, do we have a lot of content. Joe, what do you have uh, in the uh, in, in the pipe uh, for uh, or down the pike for uh, 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 Patreon? Well, if you're listening to this live, then obviously you're already on the $10 yeah, tier, but that, that could be expiring in a few hours. I would recommend re-upping on the $10 tier so you get the instant reaction live. If you are listening to this on uh, – uh, if you're not listening to this live, then you're list- it's guaranteed that you're listening to this after the first of the month. So it's a good time to get in, and I would recommend, obviously – the $10 tier, so you get the all-out instant reaction. Here's TLB with that Coke Z, big in the clutch. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. I was just telling Rich how I demanded that we move the show to today so that you get taken out for a proper birthday dinner on your birthday tomorrow. So I laid down the law. I demanded, and uh, he acquiesced. So I demanded that the show be moved. It is true. Anything for for the lovely TLB. That doesn't make sense. The lovely, the lovely Brittany. Yeah, what a, yeah. Make any sense. But, um, you're welcome. I got a lot of gifts in store for you tomorrow, too. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm getting. <laughs> I was going to say, you're done. No, I don't have the first clue. Hey, what I do have for you is some hot Italian sausage downstairs on the stove. But I also have some hot Italian sausage for you later tonight. How about that? Womp womp. No? Tonight. Sure, tonight. Really? What do you say? Wow, really? Uh, Little hot lands of action? What do you think? We'll see about this. All right. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Not the response you were looking for there. I needed that soda real bad. No, she's doubting me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Tonight? <laughs> oh, she doesn't yeah. think you're down after the show. Your yeah, because is, is after gone. these shows, she knows that I'm just like, you know, yeah. she, she's doubting me. Um, What was I saying? Oh, the 10 that, yeah, you're going to want to be on. <laughs> this is a horrible ad for the Patreon. <laughs> it's so bad. No one's going to subscribe. <laughs> you're going to want to be on it. <laughs> now I'm coughing with the long COVID. <laughs> it's the worst. All right, five, um, four, three, two, one. All right, Joe, flagshippatreon.com. So many good things going on this month. Tell us all about it. 
You know, I did write just today a new edition of the uh, of the rebranded and renamed. It, uh, where is it? I can't find it now. I know I just put something up. Five, four, oh. three, two, one. Hey, Joe, FlexionPatreon.com has a lot of great stuff uh, coming up this month, including a uh, new TV roulette. TV Review Roulette. Yes. That is the new name of the random. I thought Random TV Reviews was a very clunky name. So I have. <laughs> went with a very smooth and easy to remember uh, TV, TV Review roulette. roulette. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, it more appropriately describes what the column is. Uh, this week's shows that I reviewed were the, uh, the Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, and Rampage, which I pretty much do every week. But uh, I did the Monday Night Raws. It was the go home for the uh, uh, sieging the castle or whatever that show was called, and the uh, NXT 2.0, which was the go home for the worlds collide. So I gave a rather scathing review of Monday Night Raw uh, for those who have the, uh, the new Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, the new and mm. quote unquote improved Monday Night Raw. All right, I'll have uh, to read that review and see what you thought of the new and improved Monday Night Raw. Uh, listen, it's been five weeks of this Triple H Monday Night Raw, and and. Um, I don't know, man. I'm Tom Hanks and big. I don't get it, Rich. I don't see where where this is such a uh, a great television show now. But uh, you can read all about that on the ten dollar tier, and I'll tell you why everybody else is wrong about Raw, and I am right. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of great stuff uh, behind the paywall. A lot of great stuff, obviously coming up. September is going to be a big month. Uh, with all out, you got a new gimmick coming or what? What's your new gimmick for? September? Yeah, so I well, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm still kind of planning on what I'm going to do. My uh, my topical, I usually do every single month. I'll do kind of a uh, themed uh, on topic, uh, you know, whatever the, the you know for you know, I did in July. I was doing you know bash of the beaches, you know fall brawls. I'll do in the fall. Uh, September's still up in the air. I have a few ideas. You'll probably know. I don't probably have an official one uh, to announce in the next few days, but a few fun ideas, uh, some ones that I'm kind of wrestling around with. I will have a brand new episode of the Goldberg series uh, in the next few days. Most of it is recorded. I just have to edit it. A lot of work and a lot of research goes into them, so it takes a little while to edit them. I get clips from various videos and from interviews and all that sort of stuff, but I should have a new Goldberg 173 and one up uh, in the next few days. That is on the $5 tier. Uh, and the wheels are in motion, Joe, for a brand new deep dive. And if you're uh, new to uh, this show, you're new to the flagship Patreon, you never heard of it before, uh, the deep dive is is Joe and I. We go, I mean, it it, it has, is the name as described. We pick a topic in wrestling, whether it be a, a, a title, which we've done, we've done storyline, we've done feuds, we've done a lot of different stuff, and we just go absolutely nuts. We cover as many things as possible about that one feud. It it tends to not be, it's like hyper-focused on like one very, very small thing. So we've done like the J-Crown, uh, we've done the UWF tag team titles in 1986, we've done uh, the I'd Like to Talk to Tom Angle, we've done the Love Machine versus Blue Panthers, so that's the kind of stuff that you can have uh, for this, and this is another feud uh, that we're working on here, but I've started watching some of the stuff, started taking some notes, and yeah, this is going to be an exciting one, uh, and I would presume that is going to come in the next couple of weeks as well, as we're uh, all kind that'll of be in, that'll, that'll be in September. It'll be in September for sure. I can't tell you exactly when, but the wheels are in motion. It will be in September. So don't want to give the topic away yet either. No, but, no, no. Uh, it's an interesting deep dive where uh, I think people will learn a little something. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm already and, learning stuff uh, as well. It's always pretty. It's cool when you can do that, too. When, when you know, one of us presents this topic and, and either of us kind of learn stuff from this topic as well. Learn stuff as we're as we're caught. But, yeah, this is going to be a really, really cool topic. I think it's going it, to uh, people are going to love it. And uh, a lot we will of will say it happens to be a feud in this case. Yes. Yeah. The mm-hmm. feud. So uh, it wasn't it was a feud that only lasted about 
three months from start to finish. Right, and the blow-off doesn't even involve the two teams we're going <laughs> to talk about most of the time. So Right, the blow-off, and yeah, the, and then the blow-off comes like three months after that, so some people will figure out what it is. But we, we do get into the very heavily into the backstory. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. And we'll reveal what the deep dive topic is a little closer to the uh, to the release. That'll be on the $5 tier. Yeah, so plenty so. of good stuff. All the written content up on the $10 tier as well. So, yeah, plenty of stuff. Uh, the big thing is going to be the Instant Reaction Live uh, this weekend. Uh, for all out so make sure you get on the ten dollar tier make sure you're ready to go we have a lot also of people that the media up. call oh, yeah, the media calls this week too so we'll have right. media call coverage right, right, right uh we'll have media call coverage actually uh tomorrow on thursday is the tony Khan media call so uh a lot of places will just put up an audio file of the call but you get full analysis from us along with the audio file so and obviously there will be thursday tv reviews this week as well those will be back uh, there were no reviews last week because we did the instant reaction live for Dynamite. But this week, the uh, Thursday Dynamite review returns as well. So there you go. A lot of stuff up there. FlagshipPatreon.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. Whatever way you do it. $5 tier, $10 tier. And I do want to remind people, like, we get a lot of people uh, that sign up like the night of or like two minutes before we go live or as we go live and they sign up for the instant reaction, they sign up for the $10 tier, just do it now. Just do it when you have the chance. Like, don't don't wait till the – we have so many people that come in, hey, what did I miss? Or, oh, it's 10 minutes in, what did I miss? It's like, don't miss anything. Just don't miss anything. Sign up now. If you think – if you have an inkling about doing it, if you're thinking, hey, I'd love to hear that, just do it now. You're, it, you're going to pay the same price. You're going to get a couple more days of content, and you're going to be all ready to go uh, on Sunday night when we cover uh, All Out uh, – Deep as fuck. We'll probably go two hours or hell, we've done three hour instant reactions as well. So you never know what the hell's going to happen uh, on those Sunday nights. And it's always going to be weird. And uh, maybe I'll have a voice. Uh, last year, I did not have a voice. So we'll see uh, how things go uh, this year. But uh, that is all again at flagshippatreon.com, uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling and voices of wrestling.com slash uh, Patreon. So, all right, there is a lot of other stuff going on all out weekend. So, real quickly, I just want to cover these other shows. Uh, if you are going to the Chicago land area or if you just want to make it a wrestling weekend, there is plenty of options for you. Uh, we're going to talk about the WWE shows coming up here in a bit, but uh, you also have uh, starting tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, AEW's Destination Chicago that is streaming on the High Spots Network. They are now officially uh, aligned with the High Spots Network. No longer fight, uh, not independent wrestling TV. They are on the High Spots Network. Uh, and they have a pretty good-looking show here for Thursday. I will say some things are in flux because wrestling is wrestling and injuries are injuries and travel woes are, are travel woes right now. So uh, I think most of these matches are pretty well locked in, but uh, some might not uh, be all the way. Uh, so definitely, if, you, if you're planning on going, don't... Ex cards subject to change is probably the best way that I can say uh, about that. But you have Matt Fitcher versus Jake Something for the AAW uh, World Championship. Uh, you have AAW Women's Championship, uh, Christy Janes versus Billy Starks. Uh, AEW Tag Team Championships, Josh C uh, and ACH versus Hammerstone and Ace Perry. I believe Hammerstone has an injury, so that might uh, get changed uh, as well. I think AEW did announce that as well, but I don't know if they've announced an official replacement there. Uh, Ace Austin versus Davey Vega, AEW Heritage Championship. Uh, you also have for the Impact uh, World Championship, Josh Alexander versus Masha Slamovich. Uh, Silas Young versus Braden Lee. Or, uh, that, again, is also going to change. Braden Lee has an injury, so we'll see about that. Uh, Gringo Loco, Dante Leon, Mike Bennett, and Laredo Kid. Uh, Amish Street Fight, Levi Everett versus Dynamite alum. He was just on Dynamite an hour ago, Ren Jones. Levi Everett versus Ren Jones. And then, uh, presumably, pretty cool match here, Aussie Open. 
and Zachary Wentz versus Manders, Narls Garland, and Rich Swan. So uh, pretty interesting show there from AAW, but that'll be on Thursday. Streaming the High Spots Network if you're not in Chicago, but if you're in the Chicago area and you're here already and you're ready to take in some wrestling, uh, that's going to start on September 1st. You also have on September 1st running head-to-head Freelance Wrestling's We're Gonna Plex Them. That is taking place from the Emporium Arcade Bar. So if you want to play some arcade games and watch wrestling, uh, that is the place to go. Freelance Wrestling, We're Gonna Plex Them. That is streaming live on uh, independentwrestling.tv. A uh, bunch of matches on that show. I don't want to make this segment way, way too long, but you got freelance wrestling there uh, on September 1st, so I'm just going to quickly kind of go over the rest of the shows. Uh, September 2nd, Friday, uh, Black Label Pro, four cups stuffed. This is going to take place in the Grand Sports Arena, Hoffman Estates. That's where all of uh, the GCW adjacent stuff is going to be happening. It's in Hoffman Estates, so if you're staying near the arena uh, for All Out, all the stuff is going to be happening there. Also, all these things are going to be streaming on VoicesOfWrestling.com slash fight. Uh, so, again, if you order any of these shows, make sure to use that link, voicesofwrestling.com slash fight. Uh, main event of Four Cups Stuffed, Calvin Takeman versus Rich Swan for the BLP heavyweight title. You also have Ernest the Cat Miller versus Joey Janela. Why isn't why isn't Ernest Miller doing the Ayatollah from the wrestler? I agree. He should be. I would think I would think that Joey Janello would be all about that. Well, idea. I guess we're gonna find out. We'll find out on, on September 2nd. That would be I agree, because you know, the debate your basic people are gonna say, Oh, Ernest the Cat Miller. Yeah, no, no, your real heads are gonna say the Ayatollah. So I hope he does. I really, really hope he does. Uh, and then your boy Brian Alvarez is gonna be teaming with Billy Starks against Killer Kelly and Tom Lawler. I do not like their chances there. Uh, no, I do not like their chances either. I think this is a match that might work for you too. Gringo Loco, Latigo, and Toxin versus ASF, Drago Kid, and Laredo Kid. That sounds pretty damn awesome. So, yeah, that'll, that'll, you know, that ASF uh, ended up being really one of the winners of WrestleMania weekend. He gets booked everywhere now. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of told people that was going to happen, and uh, it seems to be coming to pass. Uh, GCW Art of War Games 2, that's September 3rd, so that is on, uh, would that be Saturday then for for that show. Again, Grand Sports Arena, also airing on VoicesWrestling.com slash Fight. Uh, the big match here is your five-way War Games match. It's the Briscoes versus Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch versus Ali Catch and Effie versus Sequel Pay and Miedo Extremo versus Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. So you got that. Uh, I got Alex Shelley versus Blake Christian, and then uh, this match is uh, got me a little interested here. Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne versus Aussie Open. So Aussie Open picking up a bunch of bookings throughout the weekend uh, as well. So uh, there you go. Uh, you have GCW's The Settlement Series Part 2. That is also on the third, and I think it's a big haha joke, and I don't think there's a card, and I don't care enough to find the card. So there you go. You know, I was assured that The Settlement Series would have effort put into it, and uh, that has not been the case. No, it's, it's like... A joking, total tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, total tongue-in-cheek lack of effort. Low so. effort. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you got that. Uh, then you got GCW's Wait, Effie. that's on fight? That the uh, you know what? Yeah, you're fight. right. That's, that's probably incorrect. not on fight. independent wrestling TV. Yeah, I apologize. That is that I, I messed up there. It's on independent wrestling TV. That's why it would make sense. So there you go. All right. So do yeah. not order that on Voice of Wrestling or slash Fight. That will be on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, and then the fourth, you have Effie's Big Gay Brunch. That will be on Voice of Wrestling or slash Fight. Um, yeah. There you go. That's also from the Grand Sports Arena. In Hoffman Estate. So some other stuff going on this weekend. Uh, as well, I know AEW's having a fan fest. A bunch of other stuff. Uh, so they're making a lot a little bit of a, a mini weekend. I don't know that any of these shows are like, you know, real good. <laughs> you know, like they're not. There's some good stuff on some of these shows. But yeah, it's, it's it, the, the 
you know the tag along shows, the 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 shows, you know WrestleMania weekend shows that that kind of term. It, it it feels like we're we're, we're those are a thing of the past. It's over. Or, yeah, it's over. So it's all right. It's over. Yeah, it's a different era. That was the past era. This is the new era. So if there, I mean, there's some fun stuff, and if you're in town and you want to watch wrestling, there's a bunch of stuff to to, to check out. But yeah, nothing. There used to be times I, where people right. would. I used to fly. You know, you know I did it. We we flew in to WrestleMania weekend to watch shows that weren't WrestleMania and then flew out before WrestleMania started. Uh, I would not advise doing that for any of these shows, flying into Chicago and then leaving before all out. I would, uh, I would what a salesman. All out. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, well, in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hey, look, it, it, you know, if you're into Game Changer, they run like every 10 minutes. So, you know, you're in a pretty good time and place. But, uh, it's hard for me to get amped up for a lot of these indies these days. It's hard. It's but tough, uh, but uh, what can get you amped up, though, Joe, is the show that you don't know what the name of it is because you've called it three different things so far on the show. It is yeah. WWE's Clash at the Castle. You called it Storming the Castle, Castle Mutiny or something. I don't know why you called it so many different yeah. things. But it is WWE Clash at the Castle happening September 3rd, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. So, remind you, this is obviously... 
not in America. This is in the UK. So 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, this show airing on Peacock. Uh, and your card is Edge and Rey Mysterio with with Dominic Mysterio versus Judgment Day, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. Yeah. Um, they did a big angle on Raw where the Mysterios attacked Judgment Day from behind with kendo sticks. And then, uh, yeah, so there you have it. Edge and Rey Mysterio versus the Judgment Day, Rich. I can't um, do it. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, uh, <laughs> highly Dominic has... <laughs> Dominic has a really bad mullet now. Have you yes, seen he it? does. Yes, is that? Yeah. I, I guess I should ask the question: Is that is is Dominic's bad mullet making you care about Dominic Mysterio? You know, I'm glad you asked. I was hoping you'd ask, and finally, my answer might finally. I'm ready. Answer. All right, yeah. Let me let me get ready answer. for this. This is big. And Rich, uh, the fact of the matter is, I will never care about Dominic. <sighs> Damn it! Um, Even with the in mullet. Fact, no, Even not when with he the gets mullet. choked um, out by Rhea Ripley. That doesn't uh, doesn't uh... does nothing for me. Oh. Um, Did you watch my Family not, Feud? I'm not that kind of pervert. Oh, oh, yeah. um, he was on Family Feud. Did you watch that? No, I no because I, I don't want to watch any content with Dominic. <laughs> I was told somebody texted me out of nowhere and was like, uh, "Did you know the Mysterios were on Family Feud?" I was like, "Yeah." And then someone was like, "This son's kind of a dope, isn't he?" I was like, "I guess so." Oh, he's not very good at Family Feud. No, he either. wasn't good at Family Feud either. Okay. Like his daughter was fun. I was like, yeah, Leah's always been good. Like, they should just I replace think... Dominic with Leah and see if anybody notices. You know what I mean? Like, just you know, it's funny because I think WWE has the has arguably the two worst major league wrestlers going today, and that would be, of course, Dominic, and the other would be Aaliyah. She is horrid. Oh God, I mean, yes, yeah. There's she's hopeless. Like she's, <laughs> she's never gonna so be bad. anything. Dude, she's been training for like we we did that we did a segment not that long ago where we went back and looked at like who Aaliyah was in the performance center with. Like it, and it is it will blow your mind the people that she came at. Her contemporaries in the WWE Performance Center yeah. will blow your mind. And how long she's been there. She's twenty seven years old, Joe. Twenty seven. Yeah. Her first performance center match was in let me get the exact date for you here. March 21st, sorry, 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 June 20th, 2015. 2015. 2015. She was there with Alexa Bliss, mm. Jasmine, mm. that's Aaliyah, Aaliyah's Jasmine, I yes. know that, Lena, who obviously would become Nia Jax, Correct. now already out of the company, Carmella. What is this match? You're just naming names. No, it's Alexa Bliss, Jasmine, and Lena defeating okay. Carmella Cassie, obviously the future Peyton Royce or the former Peyton right. Royce, and Devin Taylor. We're in the Devin Taylor training to be a wrestler age. Yep. Of, of people in that Devin match who Taylor. People in that match who had years long runs and aren't even in the company anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. And she's Not like she's just still kinda hanging around. Working being on terrible. It, figuring it out. Yeah. See if she can definitely not figuring it out. <laughs> hey, did you see Kurt Angle on Raw? Uh I did see a brief moment of Kurt Angle on Raw. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Uh, I think you yeah. know what he is? He you know what he you know what Kurt Angle for people who haven't seen Kurt Angle, first of all, he cannot turn his neck. <laughs> he hasn't been able to turn his neck in years from just falling on his neck and breaking his neck. So the man literally can only like if he wants to look he has to turn his whole body to look like he cannot turn his neck. Okay. 
He's like an action figure that doesn't have a posable head. Like it just his head has to face forward, right? It's like fused forward. The other thing is he does not blink. Kurt Angle has not blinked since like 2017. The man's eyes, I'm not totally convinced he has eyelids. Okay, he does not blink. And they're like very open too. They're not like, you know. Very open. It's not like a half blink. It's like all open. Completely Kurt Angle is in a perpetual state of shock with his eyes. His eyes are just wide the fuck open and they do not blink. And the way he speaks and the way he stands with his unmovable neck. (laughs) It's very weird. He basically what he is, is he's like if aliens invaded the earth and were pretending to be human. That's what he's like. He's like an alien pretending to be human and doing doing it very poorly. Like, if we were in a movie where aliens were pretending to be humans, we'd spot Kurt Angle immediately. We'd be like, that guy's a fucking alien. <laughs> right, he's not moving his neck. He's, he's yeah. not blinking. He doesn't know that humans have to blink. Like, you know, Don't trust the guy with the Olympic gold medal. That's an alien. Like, he's he's... He's very poorly imitating a human being as an alien. That's he also kind of looks like a wax figurine at this point, too. He's got, like, he a very strange face. and Very strange. His body is, like, he's still, like, kind of in shape, but also not in shape. It's very – it's he's kind of got that Chris Jericho thing where he's got abs, but he's also fat. Right. The abs on top of the fat. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. And he kind of just stands in one place. I feel like he's brittle. But at the same time, I feel like he still whipped my ass. It's oh, of course weird. he can still whip your ass. Are you kidding? But he can't move his neck. Oh, he'll still whoop the shit. It's Kurt Angle. Yeah, because he's a psychopath. Won the, won the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's going to whoop your ass. Are you kidding? Yeah. And like, But he can't move. He's so stiff. Like, it's weird. But he's a bizarre human being at this point. It's, uh, you know, he did that awful segment with Gable where Gable just yells douche over and over. It's just terrible stuff. Um, so that uh, was that on the new and improved Monday Night Raw because uh, <laughs> that was on the new and improved Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that's right, Joe, because I've heard it's the, new the sush gimmick uh, that uh, that Gable does. It's new it's and improved, just, though. Uh, no, no, you're it's, wrong. It's, 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 it's awful. Improved. It's new and it's improved. So Dexter Lumos appearing in the <laughs> crowd. And then, is that is that also on the new and improved Raw? It is. Mm, yeah, and then he disappears. And I don't know. are you sure? Everyone thinks the Miz is crazy. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> this is not great, Rich. It's not uh, it's, great. No, it's it's new and it's improved. So, um, Clash of the Castle. Yes, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky versus Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. Yep. Uh, what what is that now? Oh, that six man tag. Yeah, yeah. six, six woman tag. Yeah. Well, you know, did you see that? Uh, Bliss, Asuka, and Belair won a squash on Monday Night Raw. Over three jabrones. Did you see that? Rich? I did. I, I I think one of the jabrones pulled a Rick Rude because wasn't one of the jabrones also on Dark Elevation that same night? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, th- I forget. Oh man, let me find the name of the woman that was it. But yeah, she pulled a Rick Rude and was on AEW Dark Elevation and uh, Monday Night Raw. So uh, good for her. Yeah, well, good for her. Yeah, yeah nice job nice out of her. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. got to she's got to milk that for as long as she possibly can too. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you though, I enjoy. The squash to set up the pay per view. Oh, squashes rule. Yeah, like dorks, dorks hate squashes because yeah. they're dorks, but squashes fucking rock. Yeah. So you know, Alexa, Asuka, and Bianca—they're not familiar with one another. 
right? They got to get in there and know and, and yeah, and, figure and, and, out you know good tags, good you know right. who's holding the ropes, who's doing what's what? our strategy here, yeah. right? You know, so you they, they up, work a little out classic tune-up match. Classic tune-up. You need the classic tune-up, Rich. Um, did we find out who that? I believe it was uh, Katie Arquette. Katie Arquette faced Serena Deeb on Dark Elevation, and then uh, was in this match as well. Any relation to Patricia Arquette? Uh, the Arquette acting family. I like how you didn't bring up David Arquette, the guy who has clear wrestling ties. You brought up Patricia. I went um, with Patty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I ass- I'm going to go with yes. Let's go with yes. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Let's go with unequivocally. Let's just sp- spread the misinformation. <laughs> right. Yes. She is yeah. a part of the famous Arquette family. Yes. Mm. There is only one family with the last name of Arquette, and she is part of that family. So good. No her. doubt about it. Yep. And in wrestling, you always use your real name, so it, it, she wouldn't be <laughs> right. It's impossible that that could possibly be uh, a gimmick name. Uh, there we go. All right, so let's move on here. Seth freaking Rollins versus Matt Riddle. He's got his first name back, new and improved Monday Night Raw, uh, and then this was great because they said fuck. Seth freaking Rollins talked about his divorce. I don't know about you, Joe, but uh, I can't wait. For yeah, they did a uh, versus Riddle. They did the 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 side by side promo package. It was Sean and versus Brett. You know, yelling at each other, jabbing back and forth. It's incredible, incredible, incredible stuff. On, on the new. Did you see someone superimposed Mark Henry on for the? That's enough talk. <laughs> it's time for the main event. That's great. What a. Oh, um, great gimmick. Good God. You see, they did. They pull apart in the parking lot. Yeah, did yeah. You see that? Well, Triple Which, H is in charge, and that and the, that means the parking lot is pure chaos. That man loves yeah. chaos in a parking lot. He likes people being run over. He likes people being kidnapped. He likes fights in the parking lot. That that loves something as much as Triple H loves booking chaos in a parking lot. That is just. You know, they did no cameras because they knew people would film it because the, the you know the fans were, but then. So, like, fans were putting footage on Twitter. So it came across really organic, yeah. right? But then on Raw, they did a, th- a thing where it was – they where it clearly wasn't a fan filming it, but they tried to pretend it was a fan filming it. Do you understand oh, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was professionally shot. But, <laughs> but they like, had a little the, shaky, like – yeah, and they had the cameraman going, oh, what's happening? Oh, my God. They're f-. But it was clearly professionally uh... shot. They should have just used. Just use a fan. Just say. Use just slide in footage. some fans' DMs yeah. and say, "Can we use your video?" They'll say yes. Like, yeah, just use one of the fan footages where no one's cursing or whatever, and you know, away you go. Um, at least they're doing something. Yeah, different. yeah, it's it's, no, it's it's cool. It's interesting, but and this should yeah. be a fun match. I mean, it's it's Seth Rollins, one of the better wrestlers in, in that company, and and Matt Riddle, who's awesome too. So yeah, if they just let Riddle well, be Riddle, I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if you saw this, but. Um, one of Riddle's ex-girlfriends who had came at him a few months ago just went ballistic on Twitter again yesterday with more oh. accusations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Collar tugging time. Yeah. Uh, they might finally get him, Rich. They might finally get him. I don't know if he's going to uh, wiggle his way out of this one. And uh, <laughs> I know there's a, a story in the works. That's all I can say. Okay, there's all these- right. There's a, there's a Matt Riddle story in Interesting. the works. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'll keep an eye on that. That may pop up on a, uh, I don't know what outlet yet, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Somewhere. Interesting. I'll keep an eye on yeah. that. Uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Title Liv Morgan uh, versus Shayna Baszler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, 
Happened at Clash of the Castle. Live, live to me has not worked out. No, I, I, uh, no. I think everybody, I mean, everybody can admit. I mean, it's nothing. It's a she's a non-factor. She doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, at all. Yeah. As anybody don't need the pile on. Right. I mean, we all know that. Right. Anybody listening to this show knows that already. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, WWE Intercontinental Title Match: Gunther defending the title against Sheamus. I think they're going to beat the living shit out of each other. That I think sounds it's be really good. awesome. Yeah, especially with a hot crowd. I mean, that, anytime they're in the UK, that crowd's always just nuts for for wrestling because they're just so starved for live wrestling, especially a, a live pay per view. So they're going to be the crowd's going to be absolutely fucking mental the entire show. So hey, did you see the comps are like well into the five figures? Interesting. Wow. Okay. So That's a lot of comps. Look, I'm not going to knock it. They've sold a billion tickets, but. There, there are more comps than usual for a show of that size. So, um, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, then the main events, and they're really pushing this as, like, Drew McIntyre's homecoming. Drew McIntyre's finally back in his homeland or whatever, which I don't... I Isn't that not even... <laughs> I think he's from this area, but anyway. They're just like, yeah, the UK, yeah, that's your homeland, whatever. You're no, he's there. from... No, well, this is in Cardiff, Wales. He's yes. From, he's from... Uh, where is Drew McIntyre? Uh, that's from? what I'm is asking you. I don't know. I don't think he's. Is he from Cardiff? I don't well, feel like he's let's, like. Let's, let's this is like this. doing. From, you know, uh, CM Punk is finally back in the United States of America. He is from uh, Scotland. Yeah, as I suspected. So no, this is not oh. really a homecoming. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, but they're doing it like he's coming back home. I don't well, know enough know, about Cardiff and Wales and Scott. I have no idea. So regardless, Drew McIntyre is in the main event, and he's going to be facing. The needle mover Roman Reigns, who well, no, Scotland is not Wales. It is, it is factually right, right, not right. Wales. No, I know, I know, so, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> I just mean, would would anybody like would would anybody from either of those areas consider Drew McIntyre coming back like a homecoming? Are they? I don't know. Who cares? They're, they're, I don't think they're don't telling think it to U.S. People, fans, and U.S. fans don't really give a shit. So I don't but, think anyone from Wales thinks that uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre is coming home. No. Right, right, right. That I don't think is happening because he's from. Scotland, not yes, Wales. Which is not Wales, yes. Which Scotland is not Wales. Um Yeah, I don't I don't are they really saying this is a homecoming? I've seen I've seen some stuff. Yeah, I've seen some WWE. I guess technically they're in the same country, but I mean they have their own international soccer teams. That's enough for me to consider them. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh different. Because Scotland they got the flag with the like England has the flag that's just like the red cross on the white flag, right? Yes. When the World Cup comes around, and then uh, Wales and Scotland have their own teams as well. So yeah, so this is from BT Sport at BT Sport WWE, and they've done this a lot. Just so, just so you know, I'm not nuts. And it's yeah. a video, and it says for the struggle, for the sacrifices, for the birthdays missed, for the time alone, for his legacy, for his family. You're coming home, Drew McIntyre. All right. Well. <laughs> We can do a live flagship in New Hampshire and say that I'm <laughs> Right, exactly. Home. Joe Lanza, yeah. finally back home. You're in the same kind of geographical region, sort of, <laughs> yeah. and you're coming home. Yeah, I, I, I cannot wait for, uh, yeah, when we go to Indianapolis, I get a hero's welcome. Yes. Rich in Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> right. Big homecoming. Yes. So. Oh, God. Well, hey, you know what? Whatever. You know uh, what's in between Scotland and Wales? Okay. All right. Oh, are you asking me what's in between? I'm asking you what's oh, in the between. the Isle of Man. Don't think I don't the know Isle about the Isle of Man. Right yeah. there in the fucking water. 
Yeah. I, I regret then, uh, to inform, I, I have let uh, Isle of Man guy know that I might not be able to make it to the Isle of Man. We're, we're trying. We're trying. It's going to be tough because we're going yeah. to Ireland. We're in on going to the Isle of Man, but it might not work out. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But we want to go to the Isle of Man. We're trying to go to the Isle of Man. Uh, and and I, I, I told Isle of Man guy we're doing everything we can to make sure that we can get there. So we'll see what happens. Well, if you can make it out, it'll be the Badgers Nadgers. We all know that. <laughs> get a hero's welcome. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Coming for the Isle of Man. Well, it's, I mean, we are the most popular wrestling podcast in the Isle of Man. So, I mean, I would presume I would get some sort of, like, you know, key to the oh, city we were, type of oh, thing. Shit. Or, like, you know, some sort of uh, honorary doctorate Speaking of which, we were number one in a new country the other day. Hold on. Let me, let me pull that up. Oh, shit. Nice. All right. Yeah. Um. But the problem is with these dopey Apple charts is they change daily. It changes let pretty quickly. Give. Yeah. Where, where were and we you know high? what? We're going to be hard to find because our show's like seven days old now. Let me oh, see if man. I can find it. All right. Please do. Please do. I'm um, excited about adding a new country to our. Because uh... once I go to the Isle of Man and get all my, uh, my you know, pleasantries and, and you know, all that sort of, then, yeah, it's going to be tough to. Uh... I have to find another place to go. And I'm always looking for we new vacation were, spots. So. We were number one in. Oh, fucking A. They want me to log in. Forget it. Forget it. The bit's dead, Rich. Oh. The bit's dead. Um. I will find that I'm out for you. I'm at the edge of my seat. Yeah, please let me know if you can. So. I will report back what other country we were the number one wrestling podcast in, specifically on Apple. I will let you know because we know that's very important to be the number one wrestling podcast specifically on one podcast uh, uh, platform uh, in, in one specific country. So, <laughs> at one specific week. Uh, yeah, but... On one specific day, actually. This yes. was like, this was one I specific will... day. I will stay. The, the Isle of Man thing was sustained. And we knew – then we eventually figured out why is because there's, like, not yeah. that many people there in Isle of Man guy listening right. to us. So it wasn't yeah. tough. You know, there, there wasn't – Yeah, my man's just pounding refresh on right, the Right, right. And he yeah. could do that. And yeah. he, would, he would influence enough right. change uh, in the Isle of Man. So that was a legit one. Uh, some of these other ones might be, you know, just catching on the right time at the right time. But, like – um, no, the Isle of Man one, that was a sustained. We were very clearly and very obviously the, the top wrestling podcast in the Isle of Man. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Very proud of that. Oh, very, I tell very, everybody very. I know. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre. Should be uh, pretty fun, I guess. I don't know. Well. I haven't seen Roman Reigns in a while, so I don't know what he's doing. Based on everything they've done in the buildup, it, it seems like Drew really can win. Yes. They've been I, I they've so, been showing a lot of videos. I've been watching a lot of their. Uh, well, he's been getting the shit kicked out of them. That for starters. I yes, mean, and that's like, classic WWE style thing. And they've also in a lot of their promo videos and stuff sh- are showing him winning big titles to kind of say, "Hey, this guy won, beat Brock Lesnar. He did this. He won this title. He did this. He made him at WrestleMania. He did, you know, they're doing a lot of like, "Hey, here's big moments that Drew McIntyre won." Which I guess they like to do that too when they're also going to smack you down and smash you down with Roman Reigns or whatever. But I don't know. I I think that they're. It'd be interesting. It'd be a it'd be a smart way to maybe book this show. I don't know if Roman Reigns, you know, them having a really really good match, then Roman Reigns just beating him in the end. I don't know if that's really. I don't know. I, it's gonna be interesting to see how they book this. Like, is it worth taking the title off Roman Reigns to get that big giant Drew McIntyre reaction? But then again, do you want to take that title away from Roman at this point? I feel like they they could beat Roman here. I think. You know, he's had a lot of title defenses where we've come on here and said, "Nah, he's not losing this one, nor should he." But um, this one, I think, I, I think the timing's right. I think it's the right show. I think it's at the right show in the right place. It'll be a huge building, and it'll it'll come off. You know, it'll it'll. They love their moments, Rich. This one will come off like a moment. a moment. Yeah, that would be that'd be an all time moment for sure. 
you know, for Drew and all that. And uh, Drew's the kind of guy who they respect enough in the booking to beat a guy like Roman. So I think it could happen. It's either going to be Drew or, you know, Cody when he comes back. I mean, who else could it be at this point? So um, I think we have a, 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 a good chance of seeing it. You know, you know what I noticed? Um, my bookie are no longer a sponsor of this show, right? Uh, no, they're not. In fact, another uh, uh, sports betting app might become a sponsor. So sure, yeah, they're not a sponsor anymore. Well, you know, they don't take wrestling action anymore. Did oh, you notice that? Oh, no. Yeah, I did see because that. There's three major shows this weekend, and they've got nothing posted. Oh, man. They also got rid of their free plays. No more free plays. Oh, no. So, I don't know. They must have gotten their ass kicked on the wrestling. I think <laughs> well, we know they did. <laughs> they, got, they got their ass kicked by this guy. I would I say, I, uh, I, I didn't make the quite amount of money that you made, but I uh, I did well on <laughs> a lot of the wrestling betting. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. They, uh, and, and I was using free money, too. I was using the money they gave me <laughs> to win money. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, they uh, it did not go well for them uh, for a while. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did notice that they are no longer taking somebody else mentioned that too. They, hey, do you guys know that uh, my book area? Hey, are they still sponsored for you guys? They're not taking wrestling action anymore. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like they are anymore. So um, I don't know. Yeah, probably didn't go well. And uh, if, if you're not making money and you're a sports book, then you get rid of that because that's a bad way to operate a business. So no more free plays, <sighs> and they also they don't do like any promos anymore. Like yeah, it's the, uh... been pretty quiet on the uh, the my bookie front for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's going a, a, on. Over there. A bill came, a a month, a quarterly statement came out, and they went, "Oh, okay. Well, I better pull my money out of there." Huh? Uh, yeah, it might not be. <laughs> I don't know. Might if you be the worst idea. Cause a great depression. Um, all, you know, don't I mean? Don't all do it all at once, but I mean, maybe you know, over the course of the next yeah. few days. Because uh, trust me, Joe, I have another uh, sports betting website and or app in the next couple of days that I think you're going to have a much better investment. Oh, well, you know what? Then fuck my bookie. Why are we even talking yeah, about Yeah, exactly. Them? Screw them. Yeah. Uh, it's all about uh, pending. <laughs> Insert's <laughs> yeah. name here <laughs> once contracts are signed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put an editing note for myself here. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, all right. So that is Clash at the Castle. But that is not it for WWE this weekend. They also, on September 4th, have the WWE NXT Worlds Collide Show, which... I'm honestly looking forward to this. Looks like a hell of a show. Uh, it's happening from the Performance Center. So, ironically, all the UK wrestlers are coming to America to per- perform in the Performance Center. Uh, WWE is going to the UK. They fired pretty much all the wrestlers from that region. <laughs> and then anybody that maybe would be there, uh, they're kind of just using Drew and then Gunther as kind of like, hey, Europe, <laughs> here you go. Here's European guys. But uh, NXT uh, uh, Worlds Collide. This is essentially going to be the end of um, NXT UK. I mean, they are unifying uh, the women's titles. They're unifying the main title. They're unifying the tag team titles. And uh, yeah, it's gonna. It looks like a pretty fun show on paper, though. What, what are your overall thoughts on Worlds Collide before we go match by match here? You know, it's interesting from a couple different aspects. Number one, it looks like a much, much better on-paper lineup than the typical NXT 2.0 quarterly PEL, whatever you want to call their their, their quarterly big events. Um, the other thing is, I'm curious to see the direction, the potential directions that they take NXT 2.0 following this show. And the reason I say that is Triple H waited really until after SummerSlam to start putting his stamp on Raw and SmackDown, right? It was kind of a holding pattern for that week or two and and through SummerSlam where, you know, he did a couple of things, but largely kept the booking intact. 
And now the shows are firmly his vision, Raw and SmackDown, uh, in a lot of different ways. So I'm curious if once we have Worlds Collide behind us, NXT UK is folded into NXT, the titles are merged, if NXT 2.0 sort of takes on a slightly different direction, more in the vision of what Triple H wants. You have to remember, Triple H, NXT 2.0 rather, is a glowing rainbow-colored sign of Triple H's failure, okay? They fired this guy, they got rid of the black and gold, and they totally revamped their developmental to get away from the way that Triple H was running it. So it's a constant reminder to him that he got his ass kicked by Dynamite. So once this show is done and in the books, I'm curious if, they make some changes, or if he makes some changes to to NXT 2.0, and uh, and and presents it more in his vision, or if he remains hands off and lets the people down there, I guess Shawn Michaels and everybody else who uh, who are running that thing, just continue to do their own thing. So I want to keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, because I, I I'm with you that this definitely feels, and I don't know if this is like a one time thing, but it does feel like a little bit of NXT. Like I, it's. I don't know if it's going to be dramatic because I think, you know, and Triple H himself has had to like eat crow on that. I think at, at one point he had to be like, yeah, no, it's like a new vision for NXT. It's a vision that, you know, builds for the future. But, you know, goddamn well, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want. To. He had to say that. Right. Exactly. He had. To, he doesn't want the rainbow colored raw with a bunch of, you know, rainbow colored NXT with a bunch of really crappy wrestlers that have no business being in the ring. Like, that's not his vision for NXT. It's probably not what he wants. Uh, out of NXT, I mean, maybe it's good to maybe it was good to kind of do that change in some ways, but I do wonder if slowly but surely you're going to start seeing the integration, and you see it here. You got Tyler Bates, you got uh, you know Blair Davenport from NXT UK, you got Miko Santamora uh, from here. This is not just the blind leading the blind like NXT 2.0 was for a long amount of time, where it was just yeah, you had your Roderick Strongs, and at one point you had your Champas or whatever, but for the most part it was just like. Absolute nobody's facing each other. You know, people that have no business, <laughs> a lot of them, no business in the ring, are still kind of learning the ropes or whatever, facing one another. You don't have that. And you definitely do not have that on this show. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if this is what uh, NXT becomes moving forward. Because now I think this is a good vision for NXT. I, we And we were on record, too, during a lot of the NXT period saying, hey, I don't know if NXT, if it's a great idea for it just to become an indie super show. Like, I think you do also have to try to be, at the same time, you're spending all this money on this performance center. You do want to develop wrestlers from the ground up, too. You do want to take, you know, college athletes and these people and, that, and want to make them great, you know, wrestlers. And I do think that this show is a pretty good representation of what I would call, like, a really goddamn good NXT. Like, if this is what NXT is going to be moving forward, you know, count me in. I'll be very, very excited about it uh, because I think it is a nice blend of, of you know, performance center people, uh, off-the-street people, but then also, uh, uh, you know, established good wrestlers from all across the world. So, uh, NXT North American title match, Carmelo Hayes defending the title against Ricochet. Uh, which that sounds awesome. I hate to see that Ricochet's got to do this, but hey, if it's something that he can do and it's something he could sink his teeth into, and I get to watch Ricochet wrestle and not just be a dork, uh, I'm in because he's still no, pretty damn. That's going to get time, and they're going to be told to go out there and kill it. Yeah. And to me, okay, that match is interesting because it's a big match for Carmelo Hayes. But here's the thing: I think it's more for Hayes. Everybody thinks that the match is going to be great. I don't think it's a, a necessarily a big deal if they go out there and have a great match, because that's what everyone expects to happen. For Hayes, the danger here is having a disappointing match and not meeting the expectation. Because if you can't have a great match with Ricochet in that kind of spot, I think that says more than having the great match with Ricochet. 
Does that make sense? No, it does. It, like, it absolutely does. Because, yeah, it, it'll be more of a, okay, maybe this guy is not the goods. Like, he was in there with one of the better wrestlers of, of this generation, and, and he just didn't deliver. He didn't, you know, he, he didn't rise to yeah. the occasion or whatever. And that, that I, I, I see what you mean. That will be itching to see. I tend to think that this will probably be pretty damn good, but I'm with great. you. It, it'll be fun to kind of check out and see. Uh, if he can rise to that occasion, I think he can, and I'm pretty excited for it. But uh, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll find out on uh, on Sunday. Uh, NXT tag team titles, NXT UK tag team titles, elimination, fatal four way unification match. So we're bringing the titles together. Uh, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus the Creed Brothers versus Pretty Deadly versus Gallus. Yeah, I mean, bunch of teams, four-way. I'm sure it'll have a lot of action. Uh, the Creed brothers are still coming along. I like their chances much better now that Vince McMahon is gone because he hates the uh, amateur pro wrestling gimmick. Um, Gallus, in this case, is Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Joe Coffey is generally the singles wrestler of the group. Uh, pretty deadly. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a fan <laughs> of Pretty Deadly. I... I know a lot of people are. Um, they're, I, they're funny, but like I don't, I don't really want funny. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm a, I'm a loser. I just want good wrestlers. <laughs> my current, my my current tastes in wrestling, and you know everybody's taste evolves and shifts. Um, I'm into ass kickers right now, man. I I want I I want to see more wrestlers who I think would be able to clear out a bar, like by themselves. I want more Stan Hansens. I want more. Uh, you know, Bruiser Brodies, uh, you know, pretty deadlies. Uh, look, I get it. They're heels. And, and that's kind of the idea. But, um, you know, right now and what I want in my wrestling, I, I, I don't know. I, I want guys who can beat people up. Uh, I don't know. And I, I don't get the, you know, they're more of a, uh, you know, they're heels. They, you know, and, and, and their gimmick is fine for that, but they don't blow me away in the ring uh, either. So I don't know. They, they don't do much for me. Um, and, and Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs are like, a cosplay version of the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, they, they, they come across like a manufactured try hard version of a, of an ass kicker. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like dollar store ass kickers. They're not quite, they're not authentic. They they don't come (laughs) across authentic. Like I don't, I don't buy them. And and that's what they're supposed to be. So, and that's a big problem with WWE and specifically NXT everybody's playing role and it's and 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 it's hard for me to get me to buy into those roles right right there's a like lack they, of authenticity right cuz like you, you they they like if you've never seen these guys they like they'll like roll up their sleeve they actually think they literally didn't on TV they have a bar fight yes this is a long time ago i think but it's like yeah. they're like country guys and they're at a bar and then like you know one of them's got like a plaid shirt on the other guy's got like a trucker hat on and they're just drinking domestic beers and then someone you know starts and they clear out the bar but like you said they're not actually guys that can clear out a bar they just like had a vignette where they did like a weird weirdly lit quote-unquote bar that they cleared out and it's like no just like just BS kickers. You don't have to. It's just yeah. I, I'm right with you. I, I agree. They're they're a dollar store version of ass kickers, or, or like you said, a try hard version uh, of ass kickers. When in actuality, just just BS kickers. It's probably not that hard. Basically, everybody in NXT just comes across. They're just inauthentic. caricatures. Yeah, they're just like a yes. caricature of what you want. Like you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool gimmick, and then you're just like, oh, it's just like so on the nose. Whatever it is, it's just on the nose, and the 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 most. Yeah, it, it, yeah. With it, bad it's... porn level acting, and <laughs> and it's why I hate that show. Like that show stinks because it's just everything about it's inauthentic. 
but that's what WWE is now. And that's what they want. They're not, you know, they're trying to create television stars as opposed to pro wrestlers. And this is not a revelation to anybody listening to this. And it's been this way for years now. And I think that's where a lot of the misunderstandings to come in when it comes to WWE developmental. Um, they probably don't care that that Lash Legend is an atrocious pro wrestler. They just want her to figure out a character and and be presentable for TV and 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 hopefully be passable in the ring. Yeah. That's all. And and you know this is why it's hard to to you know uh, buy into this idea that Raw and SmackDown are so drastically improved and whatnot. Well, I don't know. I still see the Miz spinning and pointing. You know, I, I don't know. I just uh, it's. Uh, you know they they've eliminated a lot of their of the worst of the very worst aspects of Vince McMahon's wrestling but at the end of the day it still feels and looks like Vince McMahon's wrestling with slightly longer matches and slightly less embarrassing comedy uh, we have the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles here it's Katana Chance and Caden Carter defending their titles against Dewdrop and Nikki Ash you know, Dewdrop and Nikki Ash showed up on NXT this week as a surprise, and there was this great camera shot of a fan with his jaw literally on the floor at the sight of Dewdrop. <laughs> sight of Dewdrop and, and Nikki and, Ash. And I have to tell you, it just really like hammered home how different I am from these kind of fans. I just, I couldn't imagine a universe. <laughs> Where I'm, ex- where I'm like shocked and excited and can't what? believe my eyes. Is that Nikki A S H? Right. In f- but it's what? Yeah, you're right. It's a different audience. Yeah. It's a completely different. Like, I don't even know that we enjoy the same thing. Like, I know it's all pro wrestling, but it's just how I, I wouldn't. You know, just the fact that someone could be that excited about. Dewdrop. Right. I, uh, it's like, yeah, we all watch pro wrestling, but like, you're excited about Dewdrop, and I'm peering over to my TV right now, and I'm watching Terry Funk versus Giant Baba from, like, 1981. Yeah, and they're just beating the fuck out of one another, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's rules. Like, it's a different... And you're excited about Dewdrop and Nikki Ash arriving at the Performance Center. Like, it's a different... It right, is the so, same thing, kind of, but it's not. It, it's just, yeah. We have so levels. when I think about that, it's like, okay, now I understand why people really do think that Raw and SmackDown are, like, great right now. Yeah. Like, because they're just in a totally different... Uh, universe than than i am like in what they're looking for in their pro wrestling what they enjoy in their pro wrestling and fucking good for them rich i wish i could be that excited about dewdrop <laughs> I, I wish i wasn't this cynical it might be nice to be that excited about dewdrop yeah, that'd be great showing up at the fucking wherever they are they in the performance center or are uh, they I still in they that are, fucking... uh, i believe they're in the performance center yes they're not in that capital fucking <laughs> i don't uh I actually don't know. I mean, it might be maybe they're in the, the Capital Wrestling Center. I think the Capital yeah. Wrestling Center has been closed, but I I'll be honest, Ernest, I don't remember what the difference in the Capital Wrestling Society and the Performance Center is. But they're in the Performance Center, by the way, to okay. solve that mystery. Right. Why the fuck is Grayson Waller still in NXT? That guy belongs on the main <laughs> roster. Why is he there? I don't know. He's like forty five years old. He's great. All right, he's thirty two, but he's thirty two. That's old in professional wrestling years. That that's you're losing he's, some prime years there. He's exactly what they look for. I mean, fuck. If wrestling was run like baseball and we're going to do Moneyball here, you'd get rid of the Miz and his seven-figure deal and you just replace him with Grayson Waller. Like if the Tampa Bay Rays were running WWE, 
Anyway, what else is on this show? Uh, also, a, a very random match that you like in in twenty years, people will look back and go like, "Huh, all right, that was a match." Uh, NXT Women's Title, NXT UK Women's Title Unification Match: Miko Satomura versus Mandy Rose versus Blair Davenport, the former Bea Priestley. If you're not aware of, uh, if you're not an NXT UK viewer, you might not know who Blair Davenport is. That is the former Bea Priestley. So it's Bea Priestley, Mandy Rose. And one of the greatest Joshi wrestlers ever, Miko Satomura, in a match. I I am fascinated by this match. Fascinated. Hey, good for Blair Davenport getting shoehorned into this. Why is she even here in this match? I, mean... <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, because the, the the main event is just you know title for title, but somehow Blair Davenport's right. in here. So someone doesn't want to get pinned, and Blair's got to pin someone. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I don't know who leaves here. I, I Mandy Rose pins Miko Satomura to win the uh, unified titles. Like, what? I mean, they've been pushing Mandy Rose as like the top act on this brand since it was rolled out, and they're still doing like point one threes. They're right. never going to give up on Mandy Rose. So Mandy's pinning like Blair I, Davenport, right? Is that how we're getting around this? I, I that's you probably sniff this one out. Right? Yeah, you yeah. probably because I think that they thought the optics of Mandy Rose pinning like Miko Satomura is a little too much. So they're mm-hmm. like, ah, just throw Blair Davenport, yeah. I, which yeah. I, I get, yeah. That, that. Uh, then the main event, uh, it'd be a very, very interesting match to watch this one. NXT uh, title, NXT UK title unification match, Tyler Bate versus Braun Breaker. Okay, so I've been very outspoken about my thoughts on Braun Breaker. I mean, everything about him screams future star until the bell rings. I think he loses all of his charisma bell to bell. Um because obviously he still has like less than 30 matches under his belt and he just doesn't know how to project while the match is happening yet. And, you know, he's green. He's a rookie. And that's his big weakness. And I'm waiting for Braun Breaker to grab a match by the fucking throat like all the great ones eventually learn to do. And he hasn't learned to do that yet, to just grab a match by the throat and take command of a match and project and look like a fucking star in there. And he'll be in there with Tyler Bate, who has been in witness protection for the last two years. Um, but he's, uh, I presumably, still a great wrestler. I have no doubt that Tyler Bate can uh, can can drag Braun Breakor to a great match. Braun Breakor is good enough to have a great match with Tyler Bate. Okay, uh, we'll see. But what I really want to see here is for Tyler Bate not to inadvertently eat up Braun Breakor. Braun Breakor is the guy that they care about here. Okay, and I am still waiting to see Braun Breaker. Like I said, grab a match by the throat and own the room. Be the guy. Be the reason a match was yes. great. Be, be the guy that when the match is over, you go, "Holy shit, that dude! That's a different I, level. Yeah. That guy's a different animal." Tyler when Bates I done that. Tyler Bates done that in his career many times. Yeah. When I am excited to come on this show and talk about a Braun Breaker match, after I see one, which I have yet to feel that way. That's when I will change my stance on on Braun Breaker. Right now, uh, you know, I, I I remain hesitant to give him the now. He'll get every chance. That that's not a question. He'll get every opportunity to be a major star, and he'll probably get pushed like one. But I remain hesitant on his upside until I I need to see him do the things that I just talked about, and I have yet to see him do that. Yeah, so I'm I'm it's a it's a weird show. It's an interesting show. I, I like on paper I think that there's some good stuff in there. I'm not sure if everything's great. Uh, there's some I mean Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet I'm definitely I think will be pretty solid. 
Uh, the main event, I'm fascinated. I'm more interested in the show than, like, I think it's going to be a great show. I just think it's a really interesting look at, you know, what is... You know, because now this will be the end of NXT UK. And, and presume, you know, we now know that NXT Europe's coming down the line at some point. But, I, I don't know, it's going to tell you a lot about what NXT is going to be moving forward, I think. I think it's going to be a very interesting show to, to, to you know, kind of study. And, okay, is this now, you know, with, with, with Paul Levesque now more in charge... Does he take back the reins of NXT? Does he let it continue kind of to be what he is? Does he kind of go hands off because he's got to worry about Raw and SmackDown now? Is it all Shawn Michael? Like, I'm very, very fascinated to see the look and the feel of this match and this show uh, and everything here versus what it has been, you know, for the last couple of months or the last year, basically, uh, of NXT 2.0. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But, uh, yeah, that you know, is the more I, the, the more I look at the show, the more it really needed that Carmelo Hayes-Ricochet match. I think the Carmelo Hayes-Ricochet match I mean, on a packed weekend, has a chance to steal the entire weekend. That could be the best match of the weekend, and and it's an all-out weekend. I mean, it's not impossible. I don't think it ultimately will be. I'm sure something on all-out uh, will be better than this, but it wouldn't stun me at all if, if this is one of the better matches of the entire weekend. And, you know, now that I'm looking at the whole card, it isn't quite as strong as I thought it was. They really crammed a lot of people onto this thing that they didn't need to cram onto it. Um, but... And and I think that Katana Chance Caden Carter match with Dewdrop and Nikki Ash has a chance to be bad. Oh, that's gonna and that doesn't um, have a chance to be bad. It's gonna probably be bad. I don't like that team. And you know, um Dewdrop and Nikki Ash are solid veterans and everything, but uh I don't like the NXT team. And um, you know, so I don't know. I think it'll be um I think it has a chance to be better than the recent NXT two point quarterly shows and there is a lot of intrigue of, of what that brand kind of looks like coming out of it. It might just stay the same, but I, you know, but we'll see. Yeah, this, this will be a very really telling show for what, what the future is going to be of the yeah. brand. So there you go. That is a loaded weekend. You got Worlds Collide, Clash of the Castle, GCW shows, Black Label Pro, AAW, Freelance Wrestling, and of course, AEW All Out. So a lot of stuff going on uh, this weekend. So plenty of stuff uh, to watch. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of coverage of that all at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, previews and reviews of a lot of those shows as well. So let's get finally to the NWA 74th anniversary spectacular. Uh, last week, Joe, I went on a big rant about how we will always cover the National Wrestling Alliance. That We've covered it from day one, and we're always going to cover it. Uh, maybe let's not cover the NWA anymore? Um, I no. Guess we, no, we have to? We have to. What if they do yeah. another? Can, can I found it because you know how we always and I, I think I said this last week too that usually when I'm done with an NWA show like on paper we're like oh my god this show's kind of lame we laugh about it or whatever but when it's done with the show I'm usually like yeah you know what I kind of enjoyed that I did not feel like I wasted those three hours or hey you know what there was not everything was great but it was a fun enjoyable I wasted these seven hours I'm never getting these seven hours of my life back on my deathbed I will remember these seven hours of my life watching Kratos and the Pope. Versus Aaron Stevens and Rodney Mack and going, what am I doing with my life? I'm watching EC3 and Tom Latimer and there's Control Your Native. Scion's in the ring again. Why is this happening? What is going on? Um, this was a, I don't know about you, I thought this was both brutal shows. These shows fucking stunk. I thought night two was better than night one, but... I'm not going to sit here and tell you that (laughs) low bar (laughs) that bar is almost scraping on the ground, but I I would agree with that. Well, look, there's way too many matches. That's number one. Um, 
And I said this last week. It's hard to defend at Billy for blowing off the Empower show from the standpoint of it's all these extra heads to book and then you end up losing money. When then you go out there and book 31 matches over two days with this gigantic, oh, it, unnecessarily it had to be at least gigantic roster. People. Had to be 80 people in this in this locker room. Uh, you know, at that point, just do another Empower then. Because it probably would have drawn better than two of these shows. And it would have at um, least broken these up. I mean, I think that's what, what ultimately when it yeah. was done, it was just like, holy shit. I do not need two nights of new uh, of, of NWA back to back. Like I just do not need that. Like when, when and, and when I'm usually done with an NWA pay per view or, or when I watch a bunch of NWA shows, I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? That because it's like three hours. It's neat and tidy. You know, everyone's pretty professional for the most part. It it looks good. It usually sounds pretty good, and that's fine for three hours. That's fine for three and a half hours. It is not fine for seven hours. I mean, this it every little part of NWA just starts wearing on you. You know, six hours into watching them back to back. I mean, it, it. We don't need two nights. They'd never need two nights. I hope if they go back to this, they do something different on the other night. Like you said, the good thing about Empower was it felt like two different shows. Yes, it was the same building. Yes, it was still the NWA. But when you watched Empower, that felt like Empower, and the NWA seventy third felt like the NWA seventy third. This was just like one long, miserable, never ending seven hour block of wrestling that I just I, I never want to revisit ever again. I never want to think about it ever again. What's wrong with like seven, eight matches on each night? I mean, and then the and and this is the thing. Like you already book thirty. What do it? Thirty one matches? You said. I don't know if it was really thirty one. It was. Um, it wasn't I'll, far off. Know, hold on, I'll count them up. But are you um, pre show? Are you counting pre show as well? I'll count everything up. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's just. It wasn't. It, but it wasn't just the matches. It was that like a match would happen. And then it'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Cardona. And I'm like, I don't need to hear a promo. <laughs> and Matt Cardona would come in the ring and cut like a, a eight-minute promo. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then like, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Window. <laughs> like, I don't need to hear from Barry Window. Like, let's go. Wildfire, Tommy Rich. <laughs> like, that you know what? Just no, that, you know what? That wasn't the problem, though. Like, you could have brought out all those old NWA names if you if you if you had you know seven match cards. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I, I I didn't care that the guys were talking. I cared that the guys were talking, and I'm like, there's 11 more matches. Let's go. <laughs> like, I don't care. Thank you, Barry Windham. I'm glad that you're happy to be back in the NWA. But, like, we got, like, nine more matches to go, man. Let's let, let's get on. It's, I'm not mad at Barry Windham. I'm not, but, like, I'm just thinking, oh, my God. Why, they're spending 20 minutes to have J.J. Dillon and Tommy uh, Wildfire Tommy Rich. And, like, you already you have nine more matches to go. Like. Well, who's counting this match? And then I just realized, oh, they're just going to have these things go on forever. Like, they don't care. Because I'm thinking, man, they're they're getting low on time here. And then I look at the video file. I'm like, no, they have, like, two more hours left. They're just going to go three and a half. Okay, that's fine. You know, I thought maybe neat and tidy two-hour shows, maybe keep it under three. No, they were just like, eh, well, we got all the time in the world, guys. Go out there. Cut your promo. Do your match. Do your thing. Like, just too many promos, too many angles, too many things. Which is fine if you have seven matches, but yeah, you had thirty-one matches or whatever the fuck. It just I just counted thirty-two, but it, it could have been thirty-one. I'm not counting them again. <laughs> Who cares? The point yeah. is, there sure were, enough, yeah, great. There was over thirty matches on between these two shows. And what? Two of them were good, maybe two. Um, what? I mean, <laughs> on night two, I legitimately enjoyed Colby Carino, Caprice Coleman. Um. I enjoy. Believe it or not, I enjoyed the battle royal for what it was. I, I thought it was a. It was good a spectacle. A it was a cool spectacle. I thought it was good for a battle royal and well booked for a battle royal. I liked Homicide versus Kerry Morton on the first night. 
and Homicide versus Ricky Morton on the second night was fine for a 60-year-old Ricky Morton. Yeah, I like both the Homicide matches. Those are among my favorites. I liked Nick Aldis flip Gordon. I thought they worked hard and had a good match. Um, And I liked Camille Max the Impaler was okay. And Trevor Murdoch, Tyrus, I don't think it was good. But I think that it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Even though Tyrus was predictably pretty bad. If that makes sense. And That's the heel what face dynamics made absolutely no sense the entire time. The heel face dynamics made no sense. And they flip-flopped about nine different times. <laughs> I was convinced several times. All right, Trevor's turning heel. And then they're like, Trevor did it in front of the whole town crowd. I'm like, all right, I don't know. I thought he was a heel, but I guess he's not. I guess he did it. Well, then the he, he used he brought the weapon in yeah. with, with after the ref bump, but then he cut the baby face promo, and then Tyrus <laughs> flipped the table over and like acted like a heel. So, yeah, that predictably was all a mess from a uh, baby face heel standpoint. They didn't do the title change, at least. Night one, I thought, felt like it was all seven hours all in one. I didn't like night one at all. Oh, night, night one two, was atrocious. Night one was atrocious. Night two had enough decent stuff. I would have been okay if I just skipped night one entirely. Yeah. I And just watched night two, I'd probably come on the show with a very different tone and be like, yeah, it was a pretty good show. You know, not bad. Not great. But not bad. Uh, I thought night one was atrocious. I thought most of the stuff on night one was terrible. Night one wasn't good. I, I just, it's too much. And you don't need all these people. Maybe they're just trying to make everyone happy and book everybody, but, um, you know, EC3 and then Control Your Narrative invades with, like, the Control Your Narrative B team. It's not even, like, (laughs) it's not Strowman and the top guys. It's, like, the (laughs) Control Your Narrative B team, you know, attacking Latimer on night two. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This, you know, it was a... They were a struggle to get through. You just wanted these shows to end very badly. Yeah. Um, too long, too many matches. You know, they had their taping, and we know that the main event for Hard Hard Times is going to be Murdoch versus Cardona. So maybe they just course correct here and put the title back on Cardona since he probably wasn't supposed to drop it to begin with, but he got hurt. Right. So, you know, Cardona probably wins it back. From Trevor Murdoch, who I guess is now a babyface again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just uh, you could feel the excitement, Rich. Oh, it but... was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I do not want to go match by match. I mean, we could. But no, 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 no. I could. no. God, I'd, I'd rather die than go match by match. I mean, that that'd be horrendous, horrendous radio. Like, what are your thoughts on Chris Adonis versus Odinson? Like, I'm not. We're not doing that. That's a terrible. Ugh. Terrible thing. We're not. We're not doing that. Night, all you need to know: Night One was atrocious. Uh, the best match of Night One, far and away to me, was Homicide versus Kerry Morton. Uh, I didn't think anything else. It, the the Beazle Bubs Bedlam six man tag was an embarrassment. Like guys doing a plunder match, but they have no business doing a plunder match. Just awful. Fucked up everything. Anything with the ill begotten. Yeah, just... nearly killed a guy. I think Alex Taylor nearly died on the show. Yeah, uh, because guys are trying stuff that they have no business trying. 
that's that gif of the blown spot that's going around. And right, where they're like, hey, this actually turned out to be a good spot. And it did. Like, it ended up being like a kind of like a springboard moonsault. Arabian press. <laughs> yeah, like, like a Arabian springboard. But uh, it wasn't. No, it was supposed to be like a back body drop. And then the guy, or, or a, a superplex. And the things got so fucked up that Alex Taylor nearly landed on his neck and died. Uh, so that wasn't good. Yeah, that match fucking atrocious. Um, tables match, Bully Ray and Mike Knox. I mean, the crowd liked it, but it was. You know what, Bully yeah, Ray got. Bully Ray was fine. Bully Ray was fine. That was a professional match. Yeah, and Bully Ray, the fans were into Bully Ray. So, um, you know, one thing about that guy, even when he was in ROH and everybody was sick of him, always got good heat. You know, I know that he's a meme now with the heat, but. He always got good heat in yeah. ROH. Oh, people care about him. People people care about him. You know, so, and people cared about him here. The Cardona thing with Rolando Freeman was silly. You know, he picked his hand-picked opponent. He picked the worst guy on the roster and then lost to him. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, it's not good, Rich. It's the not NWA good. right now. It's, it's not, not good. good. Camille and Taya Valkyrie was a tro. Taya is so bad. I, I, we And we've been banging that drum for a while. Uh, and other people have to catch up. Like, she's fucking awful. Because I saw Camille have a good match. Gets Max yeah. Impaler. That was fine. You know, it was okay. I've seen Camille yeah, have a fine. lot yeah. of good matches. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Ty Valkyrie have a lot of good matches lately. And this was real bad. Yeah, and it was like 20 minutes. 1858. Ugh. <laughs> After the, you've been watching the NWA for three hours and 10 <laughs> minutes, and then you get Camille and Ty Valkyrie <laughs> for almost 20 minutes. I mean, good. God, God. This this Billy has the nerve to go on podcasts in the lead up and say that the NWA is the closest thing in pro wrestling to MMA oh. and closest thing to sports. Oh. He has the nerve to William say that on podcast. No. I mean, come on, guy. <laughs> you know, I wish I want this to be straight laced something different kind of pro, but it's not. It's just really bad yeah, it's just so bad hard to watch so uh, i was impressed by your uh, mercurio your uh your, your florence italy <laughs> model mercurio. Mercurio, mercurio yeah and jake dumas uh, the uh, the magician magic guy that's kind of cool. did not cut his assistant in half again no yeah christy jane's still in one piece unfortunately so bullshit yeah. i say um uh, <laughs> Saya wrestled like nine times yeah yeah. Uh pretty empowered. Uh, you're not are you on board with them yet? I think they rock. No, I think they Oh, come on. No. Um The Hex they got street fight ready. They had different gear. Oh, did you see this at the taping? Aaron Stevens has introduced a new question mark. Oh, great. Yeah, it's Rodney Mack. <laughs> Doing the question mark? Image. You're you're unmasking him. Well, it's very. It's is it like very clearly Rodney Mack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Rodney Mack. With okay, a chain uh, around his neck. And <laughs> okay, Rodney okay, Mack. that's got Okay, that's fine. But look, that's like, isn't that a little sacrilegious? I mean, I know it sounds silly. It's just because it was a silly gimmick and everything. But the guy died. Yeah, <laughs> he was kind of like <laughs> when you when you think of the Lightning One era of the NWA. One of the first guys you think of is is question mark and and his previous personas and he he was a major part of this whole thing. He passes away, and I don't know. Now you're kind of just like I'm sure he wouldn't care, 
like because it was a comedy. Game. I, I'm a little weird about it, Rich. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I get I, your weirdness. Yeah, I like. I don't know that I care, to, but I get. I get. Like, yeah, that that's a gimmick that might. Just I know best. Aaron Stevens was close to him, and you know, and and I, I understand all that. And I have to see how it actually plays out. On I haven't watched the episode of TV yet, but um. I don't know. This company stinks. It really does stink. <laughs> uh, and this was the night it's... too that I don't know what it was, but like normally, like the commentary doesn't like Tim Storm's always really good. Velvet is is Velvet. <laughs> She's not good at all. Velvet doesn't shut the fuck up. She just is. Oh no, no. <laughs> you know, the whole it's not time. even that. She does Galley's job. She's yes. She was doing action. play by play at one point too. I was like, Velvet, Galley's so got have, it. Like you have two people calling the action. Yeah. You don't, Velvet, we don't, that's not your role. Yeah. And it's funny because at, when she first started doing commentary, she never talked. She never talked. Yeah, she, but now she's she's feeling herself. She's got some confidence, and so now she's she's talking, so. Now she just doesn't shut up. And it's so, there's, there's constantly two people talking at once because Galley's doing his job, and Velvet is also doing Galley's job all at the same time. Right. And Tim Storm and she's barely says anything, on, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's anal- and then she's commenting on what she's called. like. She never shuts up. So the commentary was bad. Everything yeah. about well, I thought I thought Galley was bad too because he was just in very yell mode um, this entire yeah, weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little too yelly for me. I mean, he was yelling about everything. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, he's gonna do it. And I'm like, all right, well, chill out, man. <laughs> like, it's Jake Dumas. Our- it's Jake Dumas and Mercurio. Like, calm down, buddy. Like, someone came in our Discord and said, "Who who doesn't watch NWA?" And they were like. Who's the Mauro Ronaldo play-by-play yeah, guy? They yeah, yeah, uh-huh. That's what it and was. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Galley isn't like that. But then I'm like, but tonight he is. This yeah, he's just right. he's just yelling the whole time, and that's not usually him. He's not He's usually pretty like he usually gets up for the big moments, and that he kind of takes you on that journey with him. But he was clear. I don't know if he was instructed to do this. No, I know was, what was happening. He's trying to talk over Velvet. Yeah, maybe. So he thought he's trying to talk over Velvet because Velvet is busy like calling the act. Like he's trying to talk over her. She needs to be quiet and let him call the matches, and then her and Tim Storm, their job is to chime in. All right. That she's she's doing she's trying to do both jobs, and I think that's making him yell. I also wonder if he was nervous too because of what happened on uh, night two when uh, he was uh, <laughs> as if we needed more. So we're like you know two hours and forty five minutes into this fucking thing, and you're like, oh dear God, like here we go. And then Joe Galley gets in the ring and he goes, oh, I'm going to do something very interesting tonight. Uh, only uh, William Patrick Corbin knows what I'm going to do, but uh, love of my life, please get in this ring. And <laughs> this woman who knows what's coming. And I hate to laugh at this guy because, like, I had a very awkward and weird proposal, too, and it's never easy to do it. But uh, I think my man may have missed on this one. I think he might have to redo this at some point because uh, he, uh, he asked, I believe her name is Samantha, right? Yes, his uh, his his the love of his life, Samantha, for her hand in marriage, and she went, yeah. <laughs> she did not. Look Samantha, will you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> she just got. I don't think she was very happy about. No, would you be? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, about being proposed to on NWA seventy four wrestling the chase. wrestling fans. She didn't look like it was the happiest moment of her life. No, no, no. She no. didn't do the gimmick where she covers her mouth and nose with her two hands. No, she just she stared at him. <laughs> I was thinking, man, that car yeah. ride, that car ride coming home is going to yeah. be like, hey, honey. Yeah, so Velvet like Sky was in tears. <laughs> She's always crying. 
Yeah. It's like, Joe, that was so romantic. And I was like, it really was. <laughs> no, it wasn't romantic. It was uncomfortable. That's what it was. I was just it like, really was very I was like, I don't know if Joe's making it through the night. Like, I wonder if that car ride, like, what is that car ride going to be like? I hope they have a I hope they have a hotel that's in like walking distance to because the, they have to get the, in a car and talk like in silence for 20 minutes, it's not gonna go well. Is this the yeah in public and then the we'll talk about it later? Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I you know. I saw that I went to a minor league baseball game and a guy proposed, and it was that same thing. She was like, yeah, and then you could tell they sat down, and she had, like, a look. Like, yeah. Like, are you kidding me at a fucking independent baseball game? Independent league baseball right. game? Like, yeah, I was supposed to tell my family run. that I got proposed to at a Schaumburg <laughs> Boomers game? Like, yeah. Yeah. She basically, she basically got proposed to at Joe Galley's part-time job. <laughs> that's that's how it went down for her. <laughs> She did yeah. not look like much of a wrestling fan either. So, yeah, no, this was he... deeply uncomfortable in, in all facets. So, uh, congratulations to Joe Galley, and uh, I think her name was Samantha. So, um, he should have just done the Tony Dan. He's Samantha. Like, her <laughs> yeah, her I don't know if her name's actually Samantha. So, don't, uh, don't, don't quote Samantha. me. Samantha. Don't quote me on that. You know, that's so. what he, he should have just he made it, he should have made it funny. You know? And then I don't know if you saw, but he tried to post through it too. Because then he he posted like she said yes and it's a picture of her also not that happy. <laughs> yeah, her with that. It's, not like, it's yeah. not like it's not like the photo. She was like bawling and like smiles and it's like oh okay she was just nervous. No, the picture looks kind of the same. <laughs> like she's still kind of just like yeah, yeah. No, I legitimately I don't think she cracked a single smile during the whole no. ordeal. She just kind of had this gaped look. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was a, it was a proposal very fitting of the NWA seventy four two day pay per view event. <laughs> it was is nice, what it was a nice cherry on top for sure. So there you go. That was the NWA seventy fourth. Uh, let us never ever speak of it again. All right, Joe. Let's speak about the Royal Road All Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So we didn't talk about the Royal Road at all while it was going on, but I did catch up with the Royal Road. I watched the. Uh, the semifinals and the finals, and they um, they had Takeo Omori doing kind of like a miracle run through the thing. And for people who don't know, it's kind of the <laughs> – hold on a second. Am I going to be coughing for six months now? Uh, yeah, because that last time it took you a very long time to stop coughing, so hopefully not, but maybe. <clears throat> so the Royal Road is kind of like the equivalent to a – would be the new Japan Cup for people who aren't familiar with uh, with all Japan. It's a single elimination knockout tournament, and uh, the semifinals were Jake Lee versus Takeo Omori and Kento Miyahara versus Yuji Nagata. And Omori's kind of miracle run ended against Jake Lee in the semifinals in a very short match. It didn't. Jake Lee took care of him rather easily in the in the semifinals uh, to end his run, and then Kento Miyahara defeated Yuji Nagata and they've kind of been they've been uh feuding with one another and and to the point where Miyahara do you know Yuji Nagata's New Japan dance he does to the New Japan song yeah 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 that he usually does it when he's in another promotion and he's taunting that promotion they'll play the New Japan song and Yuji Nagata will do his little New Japan dance so uh Kento Miyahara has taken up doing a little they play the old all Japan television show music, and he does a little dance now to mock Yuji Nagata and his new Japan dance. And uh, he did that after he won the tournament. But um, if people were wondering why they were seeing footage of, of, of Kento Miyahara doing this weird dance, 
after he won uh, the, the Royal Road. That's the reasoning behind that. He's mocking Yuji Nagata, who he beat in the semifinals. In what was shaping up to be a pretty good match, it fell apart towards the end. It got a little sloppy in the final you know, 90 seconds or so, uh, which was unfortunate. But Miyahara defeats Yuji Nagata, and then it was Miyahara and Jake Lee in the final. And it was a good match. I can't call it great. Um, maybe three and a half, somewhere in that range. You know, it's it's Jake Lee. He he has, you know, all of the things that we've talked about a million times once the bell rings with him. It's just there's something intangible missing there. It was funny because he's making his entrance into Cork and Hall with his, like, elaborate heel costume, you know, the uh, costume that he wears. And it's like there weren't a lot of people in Cork and Hall. So <laughs> he's coming out in this costume, and there was this one shot where there were no fans behind him. There were no uh. visible fans behind him. And he's in this wacky costume. And what it reminded me of, of it was like showing up to a Halloween party really early and not knowing whether to take your outfit off or not. Like, because you're just like this goofball in a costume wearing <laughs> right. a mask. Or also you and, worry, like you worry, was this actually a costume party? Like you're the first one, which is fine. But then you also, right. like, oh no. Like, That's how he came across. Like the guy who wasn't sure whether to take off his mask or not because he showed up to the Halloween party first. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, the match was fine and Kento wins. So, and then, uh, you know, Suwama came out and confronted him and everything. But, um. You know, it was fine. It's it's nothing anybody needs to uh to to go out of their way to see. And uh I did watch the entire uh show with the semis and the finals and nothing else of note really to discuss. As far as the N one goes, we haven't been talking about this at all, and I really haven't had time. Um, you've seen none of it. I've seen correct? none of it. I was too busy watching the fucking NWA. <laughs> I really, really wish I yeah. caught up on other wrestling that wasn't the NWA, but uh, we have a job to do. So, no, yeah, I have not signed any of the N1 so far. Yeah, so um, I only got through night one, and I know that, um, you know, basically the finals are set. Night one, though, is good because, you know, everybody was in action. So I did get at least a taste so far of uh, everybody's tournament. I did watch the big Jack Morris upset of Kato Kiyomiya. Um, Jack Morris is, you know, he might be a dude. He might be a guy. They might have some. I've heard some him. good stuff. I've heard um, a lot of people say, ah, you know what? This guy might be a dude. So yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. He looked okay. And, you know, I guess they wanted to put him over Kiyomiya um, right away on the first night to establish that, Hey, this is not just a jabron. This is someone that, you know, we're going to take seriously. And Kiyomiya ended up getting through his block anyway. So, it, you know, and I figured he would. And, you know, I think he's going to win the whole thing. But, well, he's facing Hideki Suzuki. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, nah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about Noah is this. And I, I'll be honest. Um, I, I haven't talked to you about it yet, but I was going to talk to you about it. I was debating dropping covering Noah. And I'm going to tell you why. But ultimately, I did change my mind. Noah just it, – it's funny because I love the roster and I love a lot of the people on the roster and I think there's a lot of good matches. But Noah is what it is and I'm kind of tired of having the same rants. They're a waste of time. Right. They're a waste of breath. They're going to continue pushing the old shooters. That's their 
business strategy. All right, we've done, we've done that uh, for a year and a half now. We've had this, and it's so boring. Yeah. And I think the listeners are probably bored of hearing it. And I'm bored of having the same conversations. Um, you know, the promotion's a joke from that standpoint. It's just, and now you've got Katsuhiko Nakajima knocking out another wrestler. He knocked out uh, Okada in, uh, you know, and which ended up screwing up the booking because the block was was supposed to come down to um, Satoshi Kojima, and uh, let me see if I can uh, grab it. It was supposed to come down to, it was going to come down to Kojima versus uh, Kato Kiyomiya, the B block, because Nakajima was probably supposed to be upset by Kenya Okada, which would have knocked Nakajima out. And then the block would have come down to the main event, which was Keito Kiyomiya versus Satoshi Kojima. But because Nakajima accidentally knocked out Okada, he ended up getting the two points and it eliminated Kojima. And it took away a lot of the drama uh, that they had built to for the main event. The point here is this is the third person that Nakajima has knocked out legitimately. He knocked out Katoge at a press conference of course, he had the thing on the uh, on the big show where he knocked out uh, Endo mm-hmm. after being uncooperative with him. And now he kicks Okada in the jaw and knocks him out legitimately three minutes into this N1 match. And I haven't seen the match, but I did see the footage. And I don't think he did it on purpose. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's clear it was just a mistimed thing. But maybe you don't try to kick somebody as hard as you possibly can. And then, you know, well, uh, a slight well, mistime might, you know result in, in yeah, whatever. But it's also the third time and you lose benefit of the doubt. Right, right, right. Especially when you were uncooperative with Endo when you knocked him out. And I can tell you that there's wrestlers who think he did it on purpose. I don't agree based on what I saw, but that tells you right there that he has now established a reputation and he has lost benefit of the doubt because there's people in that locker room who think he did it on purpose. With the idea being that he was annoyed that he was supposed to get upset by the young boy, right? Or the young guy. I don't know if you want to technically consider him a young boy, Kenya Okada. But, you know, he was the pin eater in the block, okay? And they think he, he that he did it on purpose. And these are people close to him that are just like, ah, that's Nakajima. You know, he probably did. It's like, so he's earned this rep. And that doesn't help him when these older guys don't want to do business with him. Because they all think he's a little prick with a bad attitude. Because you know why? He's a little prick with a bad he's attitude. He's a little prick with a bad attitude. Now he's a little prick with a bad attitude that's hurting his coworkers. So, And then and then guys like Hideki Suzuki are like, I'm not losing to him. Right? You know, and guys like Fujita are like, if I lose to him, I'm going to embarrass him. You know, this promotion is just a zoo. And it's just pointless to waste your breath on it. And, you know, it, it's it's not going to change. And if this is what their fans want, then it's whatever, man. I, I can't critically analyze a promotion where it's like talking to a wall. It's never going to matter. I mean, I saw footage of the Kiyomiya-Funaki match where Funaki did the job, but he made Kiyomiya give him his finish three times, and they smacked him in the face after the match. I mean, it's just a zoo, Rich. It's a, it's a fucking zoo. You know, the, these old guys are just running the asylum, and it, it, it's just, you know, it's but but it's a shame because it's a hard-hitting promotion that has a style of wrestling I really like. But, 
you know, it's just it, it's just a, a disaster. So I don't know what's going to happen in the final. said, is I thought Kiyomiya would win the tournament, but he's facing Suzuki. Is Suzuki going to do business? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's always <laughs> it's always a question. Like, I mean, if I were booking it, yeah, he's doing business, but he's 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 Hideki Suzuki, so you never know. So Sometimes I mean, it doesn't you know, work for him, brother. And he's or maybe Suzuki is just going to win the tournament. Yeah, be, uh, maybe he was just going to win it outright anyway, too. So who knows? You know, and Kiyomiya, I mean, he's wearing Muda colors. He's doing all of Muda's moves, and um, I don't know. It's not what I would do with the guy, but look again. You know, I'll keep watching Noah, and I guess we'll keep talking about it when there's stuff to talk about. But, um. I don't know how you feel. I feel like it's pointless talking up a wall about it's like WWE, right? Like there's a little more juice now because it's Triple H is there and maybe things will be different. But, you know, we threw our hands eventually at WWE and said, why are we taking time to seriously analyze a promotion that's impossible to analyze? So we pushed it to the third hour and we treated it like the joke that it was. It's kind of like I feel very similar about Noah for for different reasons. It's a joke for different reasons. Right, right. I, I'm with you that I, I I think that it's largely like I've been uninterested in talking about Noah for a while because it feels like we're just having the same conversation over and over and over and over again. Like I said, it feels like a year and a half now we've had this conversation. And I think the problem is the highs in Noah are so good. Like when Noah hits and it, it works with our sensibilities and it works with, you know, something that – it's awesome. It's like a really, really good because you said the roster is great and the production is great and it's never been easier than ever to watch Noah's stuff and it looks tremendous and Wrestle Universe is a great service to watch. So there's a lot of things on its side, but then yeah, you get down to it and it's a lot of what we hate about modern Japanese wrestling. A lot of what we hate about Japanese wrestling. I mean, not even just modern stuff. Like uh, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of same central figures of stuff that we've been complaining about since the show began. You know, ten years ago, same guys that we're just kind of been down on, or guys that we haven't really loved, or or guys that we don't think are really worth all the trouble that are kind of the big players in this company. So uh, the problem is they're the big players in the company, and we can keep having this conversation, but it's not like one day Noah's going to wake up and go, yeah, you know what, Muda, Fujita, Suzuki, you know, get, you guys all got to hit the bricks. What are you guys doing here? Like, those guys aren't going away. Uh, they're not turning the, the whole thing over to Kano and, 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 and Kiyomiya anytime soon. Like, that's just not going to happen. So we're kind of stuck with what we have right now. And and it sucks because, like you said, there's a lot of this roster that's great. And there's a lot of Noah that I really, really do enjoy. But, yeah, we end up kind of getting bogged down and having these same conversations about the same guys. And it's just, it's not going to change. So I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to say that I don't want to cover it, but... Uh, it definitely is not ever top of mind. Like I watch, I watch a, I, I do watch a decent amount. No, I haven't been watching the N one obviously uh, because a lot of other stuff's been going on. But I always check in on Noah, and I think you probably do as well. But I think neither of us really feel like there's been weeks where we probably could have talked Noah. But I'm just like, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? It's, it's kind of, you know, they have a big show. We'll talk about obviously any of their big shows, but you know, kind of the day to day stuff is just, I don't know, it's, it's I just not that interesting this, to me. I can't watch this promotion with a critical eye. Right, right. I just, I hate too much of of these guys that are in charge. So everything they do is wrong. I mean, I can't watch this promotion with a critical eye. It's just, it's, and it's a zoo, you know, and, and I, I guess, but I like, I like the style of wrestling they present. And I like, I mean, their roster blows away the all Japan roster. 
Oh blows yeah. It away. Oh yeah, yeah. All, all Japan, like I, I still mostly like everything that All Japan does in terms of booking, but the roster is getting dire. I mean that this thin is and... getting real thin. When I looked at that Royal Road, and there's a reason why I didn't watch much of the Royal Road, I was just like, oh wow, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> like All Japan reminds me of like Portland, where it's like this small. It's a small roster, first of all, and there's like a couple top guys who were really good, and then. Everything else, it's, it, yeah, like you said, it's kind of getting Cyrus. dire. And Cyrus was a second round guy. Hey, I like that Cyrus guy. I, I don't, I don't mind Cyrus either. But He's like, a change of pace, at least. Yeah, but. I oh, I, I agree. But like, that's where you're at. You're, you're, you know, Taru is getting regular bookings. Like Gerard Detrolio, he does point out that um, Omori, you know, uh, Nomura got COVID, so Omori probably was not planned to go to the semis. But I have to tell you that I thought that worked out pretty cool because I I thought it was interesting that Omori, a guy they haven't pushed in ages, it was was not only in the semis, but was against Jake Lee. Right. And it's kind of like this storybook. Because he uh, lost to Omori lost to Nomura, right, in the second round. And then they pushed Nomura got COVID and yeah. And then they pushed Omori through. Okay. But it's like this storybook older veteran that everybody likes and, and you know, the, the, the heel or whatever. So I thought it worked out nicely having him in that spot. And I thought the match was a very nice – I mean, he beat him in like two or three minutes or something. So, you know, the layout was perfect for Jake Lee to go through to the final and everything. And then, of course, Miyahara and Nagata was a match that they were building towards all along. So um, it's like the wrestling and the wrestlers are far superior in Noah. But it's just so much, so frustrating to watch. Yeah. And I have to tell you, it's like a lot of times Noah can be very dry too. Like I can only watch Hideki Suzuki clamp a side headlock on Mochizuki, um, Masaki Mochizuki for so many minutes before I'm like looking at my phone, you know, and, you know, uh, Kaz Fujita. So it's not like all the matches are winners, but when you have like Kano and Nakajima and, and somebody, and, and you know, kicking the shit out of each other and, um, and Kiyomiya is an excellent wrestler, Go Shiozaki, and the old guys can have good matches against those guys, and sometimes even with each other, but um, it's all the other bullshit in that promotion. This is the conversation I didn't want to have. See, this <laughs> right. so I guess we're gonna, yeah, This might be the last one. Maybe this is the last one. Yeah, maybe, maybe this Noah. Is what I don't want to talk about. Yeah, maybe Noah goes on the back burner for a little bit as we. Uh, uh, it, it just seems like a promotion that's tough to just like completely separate from because they they are. A player in the region, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like we end up just having the same conversation over and over and over again. We were getting that way with WWE, and that's why we stopped covering WWE. That's why we stopped. Exactly. It just got boring to have the same conversation over and over and over again. So yeah, I'm with you. So we'll uh, we'll keep that under advisement for the future, but uh, for Noah. But there's a little check in with all Japan uh, and Noah, and uh, that is it for uh, this episode of the flagship podcast. As we said again. This Sunday, about an hour after All Out, we are going to do instant reaction live. I will have live reports from the building. Uh, Joe will have watched it on pay-per-view, but we are going to do that for the $10 tier uh, at flagshippatreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling or VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Patreon is how you can subscribe there. $10 tier, uh, as we always say, 
Uh, you're going to listen to this. Most people are now at this point. Everybody's going to listen to this on September 1st. Uh, and that is a great time to subscribe to the Patreon. You're going to get the full month of content. You'll get the Thursday Dynamite reviews. You'll get the TV review roulettes that you just wrote uh, this week. You're going to get Match of the Week, which we forgot to talk about. A great, interesting Match of the Week uh, this week. Uh, you know, a, a great bit of you know old territorial business there with Otto Vons paying for the AWA title. Or, or sorry reportedly, allegedly paying for the AWA title, but a uh, very interesting moment there uh, in history. So there's you know a little bit about that match and the background of that. Uh, as we said, the deep dive, a new deep dive coming very, very soon, a new episode of Goldberg 173 and 1, uh, one of my new themed uh, retro series coming up very soon as well. Have some details that I'll iron out uh, about that. You'll know in a little bit. Uh, all the written content, everything else we do, flagshippatreon.com, tremendous value for $5 uh, and a very, very... Very good value for $10 as well, getting all the live content, getting all of the written content as well. So flagshippatreon.com, $5 tier or $10 tier, uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, voices of wrestling.com slash Patreon. Also, uh, voices of wrestling.com for all the coverage uh, of all the events going on this weekend. Uh, voice of wrestling podcast network, uh, of course, don't listen to just the flagship. Plenty of other good stuff. Another good episode this week of Open the Voice Gate. Uh, Music of the Mat, one of my favorite podcasts uh, that we do. Five star match game, always a fun one with Joe Gagne doing a pro wrestling trivia. Uh, as well, plenty of great shows for you. You've got to be kidding me. TNA Retro, Shake Them Ropes. There's so many good things. Emerald Flow Show, if you want to hear more about All Japan and Noah, you got the Emerald Flow Show. We have a show about everything uh, there over at uh, the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. So make sure you subscribe to that on uh, your podcast app of choice. Uh, and that's it. So for Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. <laughs>